In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Thursday afternoon. Bo Wolf here, Zach Berman there, and uh, Sheila Kapadia there. And uh, I think we should start as we always do, and that is by asking, Sheila, how are you doing? Well, I guess we should explain the uh, the thought process behind this episode, and I will uh, I I can explain it, and you guys can tell me if I missed anything or. Uh, or, or if you wanted to add anything to it. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of times the people tell us this is a nice podcast for distraction. Certainly we were told that during uh, COVID-19 when everyone was isolated in their homes and needing some entertainment. And so that was nice to hear. Uh, this obviously what's happened in this country, what's been happening, uh, but specifically here over the last week is different. It did not feel right to be in position to provide a distraction. It, it kind of felt like we should be doing the opposite of that and that this is something that you should not be taking your minds off of and that you should be focused on and that you should be learning about and educating yourself about. And so we know we are not the experts. We are not the people you come to for expertise in police brutality and issues with racial inequality. Uh, there are other far smarter voices uh, who you should be listening to. You come to us for football, for Eagles talk, for Bose nonsense, for all that stuff. But we just wanted to make it clear where we stand and to our African-American listeners that we stand with you. We support you. Uh, we hear your pain. We feel your frustrations. Uh, I think that a lot of this over the last week, you know, people are so quick to want to fire off their take or voice their opinion. As soon as they hear something, this is this is a time for listening and to uh, show empathy and to really understand what is going on. And so we, we thought, how can we sort of move towards being a part of the solution with the show that has such a, a fun, loyal audience? That, that's the only nice thing I will say about this audience, by the way. So don't uh, get used to it. But, uh, you know, I want to emphasize this is just a start. But the two places we ask for donations for today's mailbag episode are the Enterprise Center on 52nd Street in West Philly, which supports minority entrepreneurs and under resourced communities in Philadelphia and Campaign Zero that has specific detailed actions for how we can end police violence. If you have not checked out that website, I urge you to do it. There are a lot of campaigns on, on social media, which um, you know I think a, a lot of them uh, are well-meaning for sure. But I, I think when you go to that website, you can say, hey, here are the actions that need to happen. Here are the steps we can take place as a country, your local communities, you as an individual uh, to help uh, end police violence. So, uh, you know, that's really all, all that I, I had to say. Just, you know, we'll get into Eagles talk. We'll get into the usual nonsense, your questions, 
Well, certainly, uh, you know, there, there was humor in many of them, but just wanted to get that out of the way at the top. And if your response to any of this is, uh, you know, what about this? What about that? Uh, we don't listen to you for this. We come here for sports or, or you view anything I said as controversial. Uh, that's on you. That's not on me. That's not on us. That's not on the show. Uh, this is a time just to listen, to show empathy, and th- then, of course, to take action, which I mentioned earlier. And so that is what the show is trying to do here. I think I, I think that's very well stated. I I uh, I think that the key words there were empathy, education. You know, you know, really listening, reading as much as I can, and 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 then action, like you said. And I realize this is a, a small part of it, but it it, it certainly uh, is is not the last thing we're doing. So yeah, so very well stated, Shield. Yeah, I don't think I have. Um... I don't think I have much to add to that. That was very eloquent, Shield. I, I think maybe I would say, uh, maybe this is not in the spirit of uh, inclusivity, but you know, if if you are, if if you know, if I say Black Lives Matter, and the first your first response is, you know, well, all lives matter, or, or whatever it is, just stop listening. Listen to a different Eagles podcast. I don't like. I, I don't want you to listen to the show. That's. I, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I, I feel. I feel. You know. I feel like very inadequate um, at the moment. Like I. I. I don't. I don't know that I'm. Uh, I, there's anything I can say. I feel like this is a time for introspection, and you know, you you can always learn more and listen more and uh, and read more and educate yourself more. Uh, and I would also just say I'm grateful and inspired by the people who are who are out there uh, protesting every day and putting their you know putting their health at risk in doing so. So uh, thank you to to the the listeners of ours who who are doing that. So. That's that's about, I guess, all I have. Yeah, we got a lot of great, uh, you know, a lot of people participated in this. We got a lot of donations. If you did not see, you know, I know not everybody is on Twitter and that's really our, our only means to put this out. So we asked for donations to the two places I mentioned earlier. We said we would answer every question. We have a lot of questions and we said we would uh, each donate uh, twice the amount of episode length in minutes. A very convoluted formula, which I somehow came up with. I know many of you would <laughs> yeah, think that would exactly. be a Bo specialty. I mentioned it to my wife, and she said, Bo must have come up with that. And I said, no, I don't, I don't. he's gotten in my head or something. But I, I was trying to come up with a way we could uh, match contributions or exceed contributions or whatever. And that's what we came up with. So this could be, this will be a very long episode. It's just a matter of uh, how long it's going to be. And uh, I, I guess we can just get to it. There's no, uh, there's no easy transition here. Well, we've got a we've got a spreadsheet of all the questions that is uh, seventy seven questions long. So, wow. uh, last time I saw the spreadsheet, it was at fifty. So, yeah, me too. Bo went in there and added a bunch at the last oh, minute. You know, I was trying to, I trying was to trying to prepare. I was trying to prepare actually for once. You know, I thought if there's any podcast to prepare for, this is it. And so I did that, and then I go back in right before the show, and Bo at the last minute had added uh, like 25 more questions. Well, so we'll just... It's possible that there are a few overlaps. I actually see one right now. So we're down to 76. So okay, that's, well, that's let's get to it. I do think it's, it is uh, noteworthy that, you know, the, the, the last week has shaken you so much to your core that you're starting to act like me. I wouldn't go that far. It was a one... Uh, <laughs> listen, it has been a wild 2020. Can I ask, can I ask one question that is not on the, on the list? 
You had. I want to know. Yeah, sure. Put yourself ahead of the seventy-seven <laughs> listeners who donated and listened loyally, and who you know, the last well, time the, we asked for listeners. money, what did they raise? Six thousand dollars, and now they're raising more a month later. But yeah, go ahead. I'm put doing put this, your. I'm it's doing not this. like you. It's not like you have this opportunity uh, every day to text me, to message me every episode to ask me a question. But yeah, let's go ahead and I get believe, your question I out of the way. I believe that I'm doing the listeners a service here because they be the judge would, they would want to know the answer to this. Uh, they just weren't privy to the information. And that is that uh, there was a there was a power outage at the Kapadia household yesterday. I think our listeners want to know how, you know, how much did you get to your roots, your roots as a hunter gatherer? You know, did you how did you do? <laughs> Not at all. We had uh, you realize like how spoiled your kids are when they're complaining about not being able to watch something on their uh, iPad. So that that was, you know, not that I needed an eye opener there, but, it, you know, it led to me. It led me to yell and uh, be a little uh, meaner of a parent maybe than I normally am. But uh, no, it was a very short amount of time. Uh, I was able to, uh, I had gotten a lot of work done the previous day, so I was able to, uh, you know, do some reading, sit around, play some games with the kids, so it was fine. All right, let's uh, let's start off with the first question from Connor, who says, I forget the name of the game, which puts him in Shields camp, uh, but pick Good the, man. Hi- the higher number. On a 1 to 17 scale, uh, how much does Shield dislike participating in fun, or... The game slash week, another player puts Drew Brees on IR. Whew. Jeez. So coming out, coming out uh, firing. Coming out hot. Yeah. Wow. That is a, that is a tough one. Uh, I will put myself as the higher number because I don't, you know, I hate fun and I don't want to predict a player getting injured and going on IR. But, uh, you know, I know there are more questions about uh, Drew Brees throughout this, so we can get to that at some point. I did see Zadarius Smith of the Packers posted an instagram you know kind of licking his chops for whenever they uh face the saints but uh i will put me disliking fun i think that's going to be tough to beat in most most categories that's probably fair Uh, all right next up from uh, mitchell gladstone regardless of whether or not the salary cap drops next year how do the eagles manage their finances heading into 2021 especially already being 50 million over uh, uh, certainly the the wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, I don't anticipate either one of them being uh, on the roster in, in 2021. I think uh, extending Zach Ertz can alter his cap number, at least for that year. Then I, I think you really need to look at the defensive line. Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett uh, both have big numbers. I think uh, an extension for Barnett, if they want to go that route, can can bring his number down and then they have a decision to make with Graham renegotiating that deal uh, would be a, a way to go. And then Malik Jackson uh, is, is someone I need to imagine they're going to try to get out of that contract in, in some way, shape or form. So those are our big deals you have to look at. I, I think the, the uh, one, I don't want to call it under the radar, but, and I don't want to say it's, it's the elephant in the room, but uh, Bo has pointed this one out, and that's Fletcher Cox. Uh, if Fletcher Cox has um, a less than elite season, then that's a big cap number you need to look at and say, is he still a foundation piece for you in his 30s? Uh, I I still think – I think Fletcher Cox is going to be here for a long time, but uh, that would be the one kind of the under-the-radar one to watch. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I, I was, uh, you know, there are a couple people I uh, really trust in terms of cap issues. One of them is uh, Jason Fitzgerald 
from over the cap. He actually did a uh, podcast where he answered a lot of Eagles questions and, and Zach nailed uh, pretty much every one of them. I think the only other ones that he mentioned were, uh, you know, Carson Wentz. If you believe that Carson yeah. Wentz is your quarterback for the length of the contract, then you could redo his con. You can restructure his contract uh, to get a lower cap hit. If you feel like you need cap space next year, if you are not as confident about that, then uh, that is not a move to make because it, it is not smart uh, to do that. Then you're getting into sort of a situation like you got with uh, in with Alshon Jeffrey here this year. I don't know, Zach, I don't know if you mentioned Zach Ertz, but that's another guy. If you are extending him, you certainly can lower his cap space, uh, his cap number for next year. And, uh, you know, Jason's overall thought was that the cap situation is not as dire as it might seem just by looking at his website. You know, he estimated that they will make moves next year to be somewhere around $20 million under the cap. And to kind of put that into terms in like with free agency, he said, you know, that can kind of, you have room to make like one kind of splashy move in free agency with that kind of cap space. So are they going to be in like the top, you know, half of the league, the top 10 in terms of cap space next offseason? Season, no, there's no real uh, scenario where that would be the case, but they're not, you know, this isn't a team where that's going to like go into next offseason with huge cap issues where they're not able to do anything. I mean, they've managed this for the long term. Uh, they obviously like the core of their team, and next offseason is not one where you're thinking you're going to have to make some kind of huge move. It's one where you, you know, you might identify one guy, one position, and make a move there. I thought you were about to say uh, with Carson Wentz, if you think that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, then you just trade Carson Wentz. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's always possible, but uh, to me, that would be more of a scenario to look at after 2021 yeah, if, it's go- if it's right. going to happen. Right. Uh, you know, and it's still on the unlikely end of happening. I'm also not smart enough to know uh, what the cap ramifications are. Like if, if there are no fans in the stands next year and like the, the revenue changes, how much does the cap go down? That's a huge question that I think nobody you know knows the exact answer to, and there would have to be some sort of uh, you know agreements made between uh, you know the players and owners, and uh, yeah, that that certainly uh, could affect it as well. But you know that that's something that obviously would affect every team. All right, we get to our next question, and this is a, I mean this is a heavy hitter right off the bat. Uh, the main event coming at question number three from Pat Higgins says it's time, it's time for the serial draft. I don't think Zach was here when you first proposed the serial draft. Zach, do you know any of what he's talking about here? So my first podcast <laughs> I mean, with you guys podcast, last July, you asked me where I stand on cereal. Yeah, and I said I said I was not a big cereal eater. And, um, that apparently uh, rubbed a few of our listeners the wrong way. And I, I needed to to rebound from that episode. Okay. Well, all, right, all right. Let me set the ground rules here. We'll, we, will go, uh, we will go four rounds. Uh, no, no, no. He said three rounds. I know, but yeah. it can't be a three round. If there's three of us, it has, it has about? to be an even amount of rounds so that you can snake back and forth. It I disagree. I'm sorry. You would have had to have mentioned this before the podcast to make it no, four no, rounds. No, 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 no. Four rounds. <laughs> and But I will. N- this I will put to the floor. Uh, are... Are we are uh, like fresh fruit? Is that available as a draft? Like, should we do three cereals and one, and you get one fresh fruit as a side? If you want to put that in the cereal, no, get out of here with your hipster cereal. No, well, you, you have to put like a banana. You or have a, a box of a cereal, you and and milk. Those are the ground rules. Okay, so now the, get out now of here. The other thing is, this is. I think the idea of the draft is that this is 
the only cereal you can have for the rest of your life. That's how I approached it. Right. So you gotta you gotta keep that in mind. Okay. Well, why don't we give you the first uh, the first pick, Shield? Oh, really? No, I don't want the first pick. Want, I don't want. You want me to take the first? Yeah. Pick? Go ahead. I think uh, if you're going first pick cereal, you're gonna have for the rest of your life. It's got to be something that uh, is is not unhealthy enough that it's gonna be too detrimental. I'm gonna go. I would say my favorite down the middle cereal is probably probably raisin bran oh god get out of here oh this is like anthony bennett yeah uh, nba <laughs> michael olive candy that's wow raisin bran now is that a raisin bran crunch or is that a raisin bran that's a straight up raisin bran and i'm, oh put, I'm putting some i'm putting some blueberries in there it's gonna be it's gonna be you a fun might time. you might not have those available to you all right zach go ahead i'll i'll take the uh i'll take the snake with the third pick i feel good about trading down given the first yeah. pick so the clause that you put in that this is like the rest of your life, because I was going like peak if I could have one bowl of cereal. Uh, so I need to apply Bo's restrictions on he can't just go with like the most sugary cereal there is. Mm. Um, that that changes my power rankings. So I'm, I'm going to go relatively bland here, but it's versatile, has depth. Uh, now I'll go Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm, that's the other one I consider. That's a good pick. I mean, that was like... Uh... That was like the Joe Burrow here. I feel. I mean, I'm shocked that that did not go first. Yeah, that's what I. I mean, that's what I had for <laughs> breakfast this morning. It's probably maybe it is what I should have taken. Okay, you got honey nut cherries. All right, that's a good one. Uh, okay, I, you know, I feel like Bo is getting ready to unload on me for my picks here, given how I've reacted to his. Uh, I would have. I had honey nut Cheerios top on my board, uh, but given that this is all I can have for the rest of my life, I, a little bit less sugar. Uh, versatile cereal. I ate it every day for uh, during my time at Philly.com, which my coworkers there can attest to, which we'll get to later. That special K is what I'm going with as the third overall pick. And to bring it back, you know, since I went with one healthy one, mm, I'm I feel debating. like special K you like because it's also like your initials. That's nice. Yeah, that, that is a nice sort of uh, move there. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save those. Uh, those are kind of, I feel like they're under the radar. You guys didn't scout those cereals. They played in the, on the West Coast. Only <laughs> I was watching them, so I'm not going to go with those. I will go with uh, with Corn Pops as my oh, interesting. Uh, Second pick here. Uh, shout pops, out. I mean, gets uh, gets soggy way too quick. I love a soggy cereal. This, this I love cereal a soggy there. cereal. That's a non-issue to me. Uh, my my cousin uh, Anuch, when he moved from uh, India to the states and was living with us, we had to stock up on the corn pops. He he couldn't get them there in Mumbai, and he just wanted to eat them every day for uh, for breakfast. So you know, some some family ties there as well. So my my first pick, if I went Joe Burrow with my first pick, my second pick here, I'm 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 taking one that has maybe the injury history, you know, the the Tua component, but when it's on top of its game, you you know, it it's really going to produce, and that's cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, you know, I I I know there's the sugar component there, but when I mean when it's on, it's on. So. So give me Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Reasonable. I, I reasonable think Cinnamon pick. Toast Crunch is the most overrated cereal there is. Wow. Never, okay. I've never liked it. You're uh, the Isaiah Simmons for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go one more healthy down the middle one just to, to make cereal an option for me on most days. And I'm just going to go down the middle with regular Cheerios. Again, throwing some fresh fruit in that bad boy. Uh, and then regular my, Cheerios. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong oh with regular Cheerios. Oh my gosh, these are, you're then, getting fired after one and, year. And and this is your only draft. My high upside one, and this is this is controversial for some, but you know the this is I think the 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 best cereal is one that is good both 
very very right into the bo- into the bowl and also uh, soggy. And the best cereal for me, number one, is is Cap'n Crunch. Okay, reasonable pick. A soggy Cap'n Crunch is uh, really one of life's great treats. Absolutely will, the best. I will agree with that. All right, you redeemed yourself a little bit there. All right, Zach. So I I suppose I'm I'm sticking with the uh, with the unhealthy variety here. But, you know, I have the Honey Nut Cheerios for my everyday one. So if you want to mix it up here, I'm going Cocoa Krispies. Cocoa Krispies, not bad. Not bad. All right. Uh, All right. So these are my final two. I have three players left on my board. I was not, um, if these were gone, I was just going to, you know, let my pick go by the wayside. I'm going to go with uh, Honeycomb. That's one of my... Uh, That's a good pick. That's their best pick so far. One of my picks here. Oh, the last one is tough. Do I go... I'm, I'm going to go with the controversial pick because I feel like this one I might get ripped for more. Uh, it's a great cereal. It's sugary. It takes me back to my childhood. I begged for it when I saw it on the shelves. Cookie Crisp. Wow. It's, it's like you're eating little cookies and milk every day. It's like a dessert. I, I mean, have come never on. had Cookie Crisp. Oh, how dare you? Okay. Uh, so then I will go with uh, I'll I'll go Fruit Loops here. You know, wow, just Fruit Loops. Yeah, why not? I mean, I uh, I'm exactly. really very flustered here. I didn't build a uh, a deep board. I I thought we were going three cereals. <laughs> yeah, that's both uh, fault. Yeah. So um yeah, so there's a few that that I I could go in a different direction. I should probably go healthier, but I was I was happy with my top three. This is a. a a pick that you know it's like a special teams player for you i, I, I will go fruit loops uh, i'm i am absolutely thrilled to have uh this cereal available as my mr uh irrelevant and that is frosted mini wheats which is just a, a home run ew, selection what here. oh, oh how is frosted gosh. mini wheats ew and cookie crisp is, is i've never fine. even taught i've never who wants to eat that weedy like oh my god it's threaded so oh you're out of your mind i've never even had that that was not that would not be allowed in my home Wow. Well, you're out of your mind. So uh, Raisin Bran Cheerios, Cap'n Crunch, and Frosted Mini Wheats for me. Honey Nut Cheerios, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cocoa Krispies, and Fruit Loops for Zach. Nice, uh, nice healthy uh, set of cereals. And Special K, Corn Pops, Honeycomb, and Cookie Crisp for Shield. There you go. Oh, Let us know love you my are. draft. I mean, I do you want to do you want to give them like a weird thing like you use hashtag BWF cereal and let us know who won? You haven't won, done one of those in a while, Bo. So if you want to do that, go ahead. Okay, you just did it. Hashtag BWF cereal. <laughs> Tell us who you think won. All right, there you go. let's move on. Uh, okay, next up from Anthony. Uh, can we expect Jalen Rager to contribute right away, or do you think that's expecting too much? No, I think that needs to be the expectation. You know, this is a, a position of need. First-round pick, uh, you know, they, they passed on a wide receiver who was considered like a, a definite day-one contributor, and and so the expectation needs to be Jalen Rager to step in and contribute from day one. Now it doesn't need to be a thousand yards, but he, he needs to exceed those average rookie receiver statistics that Shield outlined in his thoughts. Uh, what was it? Three weeks ago. Yeah, I think, I, I think that if you, you know, I don't think it's expecting too much at all. I, I mean, you know, I don't, again, I'm already annoyed by everyone, the shortened off season and rookies are fine. It might have a little bit of a factor, but you know, you can coach the guy. He's talented. You, it's a big area of need. This isn't a situation like where he's going to have to earn a starting spot. I mean, it's going to be, unless he's a disaster, it's going to be handed to him. So uh, I think if you get between, 
600 and 800 yards from him uh, that should sort of be the expectation if it's less than that you probably gonna I certainly would be disappointed and I think there's a ceiling there for it to be uh, more than that more than that you know I really like this guy and I think he's talented and I don't think they have a lot of other guys to go to so I think there is upside that he's a really good rookie right away the the opportunity is certainly there um, I would the only only thing I would add is that I my understanding is that uh, the expectations inside the building are a little bit tampered down below what we might have for Rager. I think they are expecting to be able to sort of bring him along slowly and have, you know, JJ Ortega Whiteside and uh, Alshon Jeffrey just be fine out there. I don't know. That's Maybe. the sense I get as well. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, there's. I think there's a uh, a difference in opinion of what exactly Rager can do right away. Or I I, I think what they really want is is to uh, mollify the expectations. Yes. Like 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 they I don't want say. him to come in. Sure. And they don't want the fan base thinking this is the savior. And then if he if if he finishes with forty catches, six hundred yards, that it's considered like a bad season. They they're they're trying to guard against that, in my opinion. Right. Well, and it's also it's not like um, it's not like Jalen Rager was the number one receiver on their board, and this is the guy that they really wanted to add to the offense. I think it's I think it's fair to say that. Like I mean, and that would be insane. But uh, you know, they they took the guy who was the best at the spot who was still there. I mean, I could very, I, I hear what you're saying, Bo, and I think that maybe you're correct right now. I could see, you know, one week into training camp, uh, right. you know, a, a leak to a national reporter that, boy, this guy's even better than the Eagles thought he was going to be, you know, you know. Well, you don't Carson know about these guys until yeah. you get him into the building. Well, I know that's right. Okay. Well, I, I, like I imagine. Married. It's like getting married before living together. <laughs> if there's a leak to a national reporter, my guess is the Eagles will be very upset about that because any type of anonymous source is, it's you know, what what's said in that building needs to stay in that building, right? Ooh, Z Burm coming in hot. I like that. All right. All right. Next up from Ryan, uh, does a Jamal Adams trade centered around the Eagles 2021 first make sense? Picks next year will be devalued due to a screwed up college football season and draft class. Adam seems like the perfect player to take this deed to the next level. Yeah, I thought that was uh, an interesting question. Uh, I think that, you know, I haven't studied Jamal Adams. I hope to uh, have a stronger take about him once I do my Jets uh, nerd guide. But certainly, uh, I don't think safety is like a position to devalue. You know, I, I am fine spending money at the safety position. And if you feel like he's a difference maker and a, you know, perennial uh, all pro here, then it's something I would look into. Now, having, having said that, we just talked about their cap situation, their financial situation. This is a player that would cost uh, probably $15 million a year or more if he's resetting the safety market, which is what he wants to do. And so uh, if you're giving up a first-round pick and then you have to pay that kind of money, I'm not sure they're in position where they would do something like that. If you, if you didn't do the Darius Slay deal, uh, if you didn't sign Javon Hargrave, like if you did, if you had more flexibility right now, then I think maybe it was some, would be something you would look into a little bit more. But uh, I don't think it's a crazy idea. I think that uh, this is not something that that would happen. It's it's certainly not about the player, but like Shield said, I, I don't think the Eagles are looking to add uh, another you know fifteen twenty million dollar player, right. especially at the cost of their first round pick. If if they were willing to give up next year's first round pick for a, a, a fifteen twenty million dollar player, I think they would trade right now for Ngakwe, uh, you know, a, a, a young player at or a premium position. Options. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just don't think that uh, the Eagles are looking to, to spend that type of contract, and I think they they want to build young talent organically. 
Uh, all right, the next question is from uh, Frisky Dingus, and it is for Shield directly. If beat writers could be traded like NFL players, who would you trade uh, Bo and Zach for, either solo each or a package deal? Hmm. This is your dream come true. Well, I feel like this is a pretty this is a was a pretty easy question for me. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, I have a history of working with another Eagles beat writer uh, who is a, a good friend of mine who I got along with very well. So, uh, you oh, know, that's I think interesting. I was ex- I thought it meant you were trading us to a different beat, and for it, like, I didn't realize it was within the same beat. Oh no! I thought I thought I was trading you two and getting another Eagles writer mm. to work with me. Is that that's not how you read it? It's not. Would how you, I read it, but you can you read tra- it however you want. So, so you thought I was trading you for a beat writers in other markets? You're yes, saying? Yes. Oh uh, well, I didn't. I didn't give that enough thought. Okay. So I would. I could think about that and come back to it. But if it was Philadelphia. It would ha- it would have to be Tim McManus? You know, that would be uh, outlandish for me to go to anyone else. And you know, the ESPN would I would imagine drive a hard bargain. So I think you know. Listen, you, you two do take both of us, huh? Yeah, you two do great, great <laughs> work. I enjoy working with both of you. Uh, I'm proud to be on the team with you, but I'm pretty sure ESPN for McManus would probably demand uh, both of you be included in that trade. So wow. I, I mean, this could be one that uh, you know, I don't know. This could work out for you pretty well too. How I don't do you know. Feel, how do you feel value-wise? Zach, the two we're a part of the two for one. <laughs> he was, uh, she was very quick to trade for T Mac at the beginning yeah. of that question. I like, like he didn't even consider the other markets. He didn't even. He didn't even he wasn't yeah. even like, you know, maybe they could throw in an editor to make it even, like a two for two. But no, it's just a straight two for one. That's how he thinks. <laughs> no, nah, he had he had 32 NFL teams or, yeah. or 31 other NFL teams, all these other sports to consider. He could have traded us for Rich Hoffman or Derek Bodner or Matt Gelb. Uh, and and uh, no, he, uh, he he was ready to get T-Mac back on board. Listen, that's loyal. I can't believe he's opening the bidding at the two of us. <laughs> That's loyalty. I mean, if I'm asked this question down the road and we're not working together, then I'll say Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. You know, yeah, it's just the situation. As long as, as, long as you're, uh, uh, you're, you're giving up like only one person. Yeah, I don't know that you would net the same. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Next up from Ryan. Um, he said, I would like to know what is the worst film you have ever seen? And he also wants to know, Shield, how are you doing? Uh, the word, you know, I, I texted my wife for this because I am notorious for, you know, we're like 10 minutes in and I'm like, all right, I'm out. I've noticed that I think I need, if it's a shorter movie, you know, if you're talking like the 90 minute range, mm-hmm. I need six minutes to know whether I'm in or not. <laughs> Okay. And I think if it's a longer movie, because this is what happened with the last two movies. I watched six minutes in. I said, I'm in. I like these two movies. Uh, and one of them was the one I think. Uh, did you recommend, Bo, the half of it? Or was oh, yeah, that we a, watched, yeah, we watched it. What did you think? Yeah, well, 100%. I mean, I was in on that. Yeah, it was very good. Fantastic. And now Fantastic. I will say, my, 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 uh, unfortunately, my number one takeaway on the half of it was there is a kid who I played baseball with in high school who was a grade below me who is in the movie as an, as, as an extra a couple times as like a high school student. So that means the bar is oh, wow. I'm one year older than, than I could pass for a high school student. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, so, uh, so that is my new thing. A six, 12 minutes in for a longer movie, six minutes in for a shorter movie. Either I'm in or I'm out. I'm not giving you any uh, any longer than that. So, I texted my wife. I asked her, "What is it? What's like a movie that I didn't like?" And she said, "The Martian." And I know a lot of people mm, like The Martian. Interesting. And it was critically acclaimed. I was, t- you know, 12 minutes into The Martian, and I said, "No, thank you. Not for me." She watched it. She said it was very good. Um, so I don't know that that's the worst film. <laughs> I have ever seen. I, 
think that it's probably not, but that's one that I quit on pretty quickly. I do think so. I, I do think it's important to be able to just uh, to to just call it on a movie like ten minutes in. I think that's a good job by you. Who's got time to waste your time if it's not a movie you're going to enjoy? Yeah, I mean, if you're a lot of these, you're, if it's if, if it's fantasy, uh, if it's uh, you know sci-fi, uh, these types of things, I I'm just out on. If it's teen angst. If it's middle school, if it's high school, if it's college, uh, sounds you like know, you're the one who wants to pass for a high schooler. That, yeah, that's that stuff. I'm most likely to be in on, uh, regardless of quality. So with my answer here, I decided to become a reporter or, or, or be a reporter, and I uh, I consulted Kent Garrison, our producer, really? who, oh. who does who does the the Mad About Movies podcast. Check it out. And what's the worst film Kent has seen? And the answer is Cats. Mm. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Okay, that's a good one. You didn't you 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 couldn't even he outsourced his own. <laughs> well, I actually have have the same strategy that 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 Shield does. Like, if I put on a movie and I'm looking at my phone within like the first ten minutes, then I'm not finishing it. So there might be movies that that have redeeming qualities, but I and I I've, I've given up on on them too early. And and I will say too. Like when you binge watch a show, sometimes the hardest thing to do is like get past that first episode. Mm. You know, you, once you get through that first episode, you're hooked. But sometimes you, you just don't get into the first 20 minutes or so. So, uh, you know, I, I would have a hard time saying this is definitively the worst movie I've seen. But I, I figured Kent would have a good answer. I wouldn't know. I don't know if these are the worst movies I've seen, but my answers here will be uh, one was is. I haven't seen this movie since I was, I guess, you know, eight years old or something. But I remember my dad and I calling it the worst movie that we'd ever seen. And I haven't revisited. And that was the movie Clifford with uh, Martin Short. Uh, The Big Red Dog? No, it was not The Big Red Dog. It's a different Clifford. Oh, wow. And uh, the other my other one is when I saw The Ring in the theater in theaters, I was like laughing the whole time. It just it, uh, it did not did not hit me as a horror movie. So there you go. I don't think I saw The Ring. That's very aggressive uh, titling to name a movie Clifford and have it not be Isn't about it? the big red dog. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I kind of respect that. Um, from uh, from Nick, what is the best dinner recipe each of you guys have? Uh, and vegetarian is fine too. Well, it better be fine. <laughs> uh, well, Bo, you should probably take this first. You're 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 the big cook out of the three well, of us. I think you're I think you're overstating that, but I don't know what the the best dinner recipe I have. Um, like let's say you let's say you invite in a in another time where Zach and I are allowed to come mm-hmm. over uh, with our wives and uh, you know we see you say I'm making two uh, meals one of them uh, may have a meat com- actually just just you know I say hey Bo you know what I'm living crazy it's a crazy time in the world I'm gonna eat meat for one night uh, no. or yeah, I'm I not eating rather, meat I would rather accommodate you. Well, basically, I want to say it doesn't matter if it's vegetarian or not. What yeah. would be your go-to? Let's say it's Zach and Gelb coming over, um, <laughs> you know, with, with their wives. What would be? What would you make for them? Well, I think I think if if people are coming over, the easiest thing to do is I'd, I would be cooking something on the grill. Listen, uh, that's grill not, not the nature right of now. the question. So, so uh, well, I think these are two different questions. I I have more things to choose from. You guys go first. Let me think about it. it. All right. Well, I don't have anything great. I'm not a great cook. I will tell you one thing uh, I made recently. This is not uh, fancy cuisine, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of these um, meat substitutes coming out now, you know, whether it's uh, I, I like the Beyond products, but they have these vegetarian meatballs you can make. And so we got some Lissio's rolls. We got some vegetarian meatballs. I did some uh, some sauce. 
some provolone, some Parmesan, and I, you know, now I see why you guys, you meat eaters like those meatball grinders. Those are pretty good. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing you said you've been wanting to try for, like, that would be... That no, that's chicken parm. That's chicken parm. That's right, yeah. right. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm I'm more in the growing component than, than the than the cooking. I've been doing a lot of growing during the past three months and trying to really Im- improve my growing performance. And uh, I have gotten better at it. So it's not really a, a recipe, but I would say growing. In terms of recipes, uh, I, I, I'm sad to say that I just kind of stick to what I read online. Like I, I don't have any original recipes. Um, when I was single, I used to uh, make... Uh, you know, like like pasta, and I would always put the sauce in the pan with the pasta and and, and heat it up that way. You know, like they do in a buffet line. Um, so as opposed to doing the the sauce separately in a sauce pot. That's a long explanation for it. I really don't have I really don't have a lot of good recipes. You got a good uh, Bo, you got a good sausage and peppers mm. recipe because these beyond beyond meat sausages, mm. I would say, are among the best. Uh, plant-based oh, nice. meat substitute products I've had. I will. I would probably end up just putting it in a in a pasta, which is uh, what's actually what it, you, you mentioned, Gil. But we, we took him over a little pasta with a sausage meal the other day because they're you know they they got a little little baby. Who knows what time they have to make some food? Um, so, All right, so that's I'd your answer. That, but I think my answer. I guess my answer is is uh, my my favorite meal that my mom used to cook. It was uh, was pork chops and egg noodles, like a like a like a breaded pork chop. And I made that the other day, and it turned out turned out very well. I was I was happy with it. That's a nice. good one. There you go. Uh, all right. Thanks for your work uh, from Justin. Are you buying into a breakout season for Miles Sanders? If not, will the offense be held back in efficiency significantly? Uh, yes. We are nine questions in here. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, Miles Sanders. Buy Miles Sanders stock. There's no running back by committee this year. He's the number one guy. They're going to ride him. Uh, and if he is held back, if he does not play well, the offense will be held back. If, if he has an injury, it will dramatically affect the offense. He's a big playmaker for them. So buy Miles Sanders stock. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You saw it from the first half of last year to the second half of the year when he was helping to carry the offense really down the stretch. And I mean, what didn't you see from him? I mean, he improved as a runner. He had unbelievable numbers as a pass catcher. He was drilling people in blitz pickup. He seemed coachable. Teammates seemed to like him. I mean, I guess durability is the one thing you, you want to see from him. And then uh, uh, how was he with ball security? I, I don't remember. Yeah, how many fumbles did he have last year? I think he was fine. Right? He was okay. Not perfect, probably, right? Yeah. So um, so that was a concern coming out of college. So he showed you that. So, yeah, I think, I think he's going to have a monster season. He's going to really help carry the offense. I don't totally agree with that. Uh, okay. I I buy into like a a great rookie contract for Miles Sanders. I think he's I think he's going to be one of the best running backs in the league. But I think to say a breakout season uh, sort of ignores how good he was last year. Like I think I think uh, I would buy certainly an increase in volume. I don't think he will be quite as efficient as he was last year. Over under scrimmage yards for Miles Sanders. Let's put it at. 1,667. Over. Under. Okay. Well, there you and, go. And uh, to answer the question from Shield, he had two fumbles last year. Both were in the, in the same game, the Detroit game in week three. Mm-hmm. Lost one of them. So one lost fumble, two fumbles. Okay. 
from Max, a Pecknest migrate. Subtitles, snacking during movies, and being able to pause movies at home. He also wants to note that he thinks the Florida Project is one of the best movies of the last decade, and anyone who disagrees is wrong. <laughs> uh, I could take this one uh, first. I will uh, peck subtitles. Uh, I can't say I watch like a ton of movies with subtitles, but you want that as an option if there's a great movie and you want the subtitles. Uh, so I think a peck is nice there. Uh, you got to nest anybody with kids. You have to nest mm. pausing movies. I mean, otherwise you will just never get through anything as far as I'm concerned. And I can migrate snacking. I don't really, uh, I don't need to snack during movies. Who knows when I'm going to be in a movie theater next. But even if I was, I think I would be fine with a water or a coffee or if it's one of those uh, new places, a drink. Uh, I don't need to have snacks in the movie theater. I will uh, peck the snack. I will nest the pause for the reason that she'll mention. I'm migrating the subtitles, though. Uh, if 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 I wanted to read, I'm just going to read my book, or wow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read a story. Concussion, yeah. uncle. <laughs> no concussion, uncle. Dick. No, no, it's the opposite. I I do a lot of book reading. I do a lot of article reading. Um, wow. if, if 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 I'm sitting down American to watch something, made. no, it's it's not even that. I'm saying that that. Uh, my eyes are always on the reading component, not what's going on on the screen. So uh, I, I I find subtitles to be tough for that reason because I'm I'm always focused on what I'm reading. Uh, I would argue I would argue that I need subtitles for English speaking uh, stuff at times. Do you, do you ever like watch something and you're like, wait, what did they say? I can't hear it. There's something with the sound. Uh, I feel like I need it for everything. Yeah, that's that might not, just be a sign of old age. Well, there's it, what's funny is that I'm, as I consider uh, migrating subtitles, which I will not do. Um, I once watched a, the first time I watched District Nine. Uh, it was like a bootleg copy, and it didn't have the subtitles. And I didn't realize that the movie had subtitles for the aliens. And I thought you were just supposed to interpret what they were saying. Which and it was a, it was I still really liked the movie, so that was interesting. Um, but I, I don't watch. Go, I don't watch movies with aliens. I will go. Uh, I think you would like District Nine. Uh, no I chance. will go. I think I got to. I I I like popcorn too much. I'm actually going to migrate being able to pause a movie at home because I'll just if if it's if it's not when Casey's asleep, I just won't watch a movie. Um, and then I will. I guess I'll peck the subtitle. No, I guess I'll peck the snack and my and nest the subtitles. I don't think I'll ever eat popcorn again. I mean, oh, really. I love popcorn. This getting stuck in your teeth and it being so annoying for the next four hours until you can find a piece of floss. Sometimes you, I brush and I floss and I still can't get it out of there. I mean, you would have, it has to be a really amazing tasting food for me to go through that. And, uh, you know, popcorn doesn't do it. I'm done with popcorn announced here at the 43-minute mark of Birds with Friends. The 43-minute mark and the 10-question mark. Uh, okay, next up, Shield. Let's say you have to discuss your weekend with a total stranger or worse, an acquaintance for an hour. No way out. You can ask mm. questions at the risk of learning personal information about them, but you'll have to talk for at least 30 minutes. What's the approach? Uh, I actually don't mind learning personal information about them. I don't want them to add, I, you know, I, I, think I, that's right. I don't want to have to give elementary details about my life uh, to them where I can't really get into it. And then I've got to hear their take about it. Uh, so my go-tos, uh, I think certainly job, I would ask about, you know, what do you do? Because uh, that can lend to something interesting. I find a lot of different things uh, interesting in in that realm. It doesn't have to be some fancy, um, fancy job, you know, like, like if... Uh, 
I mean, I don't even want to give an example because you sound like a jerk. But anyway, unless it's something that I don't understand at all, I am interested in learning about their jobs. Kids is always a good go-to if they have kids. You know, you can uh, you can you can ask about that. That could turn into a learning experience where they might be doing something that I'm not. And then you can always go uh, again. This was in a pre-COVID uh, time, but you can always ask about uh, restaurants, food. That kind of thing. So I think between those, I would probably be able to get through it for 30 minutes or so. That's a good go-to is if you know, like, the neighborhood they live, you ask, like, oh, well, like, what, what what restaurants you guys go to? Or, like, yeah, yeah, of course. That's a good one. Uh, well, this one uh, goes right off, off that, and that is from Mike, who says, Pecknest Migrates Small Talk Edition. The three cho- choices are, did you do anything fun this weekend? Isn't this weather something? And so, what do you do? I'll jump in. Uh, I will peck anything fun, you know, maybe one time. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's a drop right there. Nest, what do you do? I, I think I think she'll put it well before that. That can lend itself to a much longer conversation. You can kind of fill the small talk time. I still can't then, believe you reported out what's your what's the worst movie you've ever seen. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, and, and then migrate the weather because there's 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 very few instances where, like, I really care what someone thinks about the weather. I think I think I totally agree with with those choices. I would che- I would swap too. I will peck the weather because I think the issue with the weather is the how constant it is you know no matter what the weather is it's like there's got to be a comment about it so if you're only getting that once a year you're fine the anything fun this weekend in my opinion is the worst i mean uh, first of all the answer is always no Guarantee and second of all that every podcast now you're only asking because you want to tell me something that i would not find fun that you think was amazing that you did this weekend that you went to this that you went to this brewery that ooh, there was a farmer's market oh how exciting uh you know one of these things and like all right i'm not impressed i didn't really need to learn that from you and so don't ask ever ask me that ever again Uh, what's your uh small talk strategy now when you are calling someone or talking to someone this week you know are, are are you that's a good question are you are you doing you know you know uh, it's it's really horrible what's happening crazy times are are you uh, kind of avoiding that to just get into the substance of the conversation what's the what's the strategy well, i this can week? tell you that that like i i'm not calling anybody this week i i find it very difficult to get any work done you know we talk about you know we talk about the uh oh for two i've been over two for like a week uh I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going out and reporting stuff. I have I cannot be doing that right now. I just like it's uh, it's too overwhelming. Uh, I have not had a lot of small talk situations either. Um, and I did. Fi- yeah, I kept finding myself drifting towards social media with stuff as I was trying to write or, you know, TV or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you're calling somebody for say something else. Uh, and it's, you know, certainly if you're reporting a story and it's some, someone who, uh, you know, you're not sure kind of where they are or, you know, you don't know much about them. I, I don't know what, I don't know. What has your strategy been? We should be asking you, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's been hit or miss. And I, I've, I've tried to kind of be as substantive as I, as I can, uh, because I recognize that, um, you know, that, that there's, that there's variations of how much people uh, want to talk about it? What they're willing to say? I, I mean, so it's it, it's 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 a roundabout way of, of saying there hasn't been 
and effective strategy. Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you ask about their family, yeah. Yeah. where do you live? You know, how's your neighborhood? That kind of thing. That you know, then you probably would get a sense of. Do yeah. they want to continue going down that road or do they want to say, all right, you, you called me about, you know, player, exactly. player X or uh, <laughs> whatever, and let's get to it. Well, there was a story that I was that I was working on before that I just haven't been able to sit down to write. Um, but it was uh, like talking to people I'd never talked to before. And I, I was interested in like the how are you like living out the quarantine experience? I think those are those are interesting stories. But anyway, uh, I question from Big Sky Country from Alex who wants to know, will undrafted free agent linebacker Dante Olsen make the team or is this just Tim Houck doing a favor for his brother Bobby? Uh, I will say uh, Olsen was an interesting like production guy. He look, he sort of looks like a poor man's TJ Edwards, I think, in terms of style of play. He But he, he did test as like one of the worst athletes at the combine, so that's the kind of player you're, you're dealing with. Down, downhill middle linebacker. Yeah, I think linebacker is a, a, a position where uh, the Eagles have a few guys on 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 the fringe as it is. I don't know if uh, unless there are injuries, if an undrafted guy is gonna push his way onto the team. Uh, certainly uh, had an accomplished college career, the Buck Buchanan Award winner, but uh, I think he profiles more as a potential practice squad player. You know, I got nothing to add yeah, to that, bad boy. That's fair. From Tom, water gun to your head. Do you think there is a wide receiver currently on the roster? That hits either 1,000 yards or 10 touchdowns. Injuries are factored in. Also, what is Bo's mystery job? I think we've already, we've addressed the mystery job. Oh, you do, huh? So this person, Tom, donates and asks you a question, and you're ducking it. Uh, I've already even, explained it. Is there? How about you give us a detail that you have not before shared about your mystery job? I'll let you think about this okay. while I answer the uh, the question. Uh, I do not think there will be a wide receiver with a thousand yards or ten touchdowns. You know, I was actually looking at their uh, 2017 Super Bowl season, and to me, that's probably the formula you're looking at as sort of a best case scenario of this offense being really good, this passing game being really good that year. No, you know, they had two wide receivers, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, both were in the 700 to 800 yard range. I think that's kind of what you're looking at here. Zach Ertz was above 800 yards that, uh, that year. And so I think it's a, it's a similar formula where you're getting a lot of contributions from Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, and you want your wide receivers to certainly be good, to be competent, um, and to be productive. But I don't think they're going to have anybody, uh, you know, any wide receiver on this roster, that's going to be hitting that 1,000-yard mark. I agree with you. Uh, my my detail would be, uh, have I talked about how our, like, all conversations on over phone were, like, video phone? They were, everything was a video chat? Oh, so did you wear, like, a headset thing? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's so you all. were preparing for what we're doing right now. I guess that's right. Uh, all right. From uh, from Matt Mullen, who says he wanted to do a – now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – replace fmk with pnm with uh, doug howie and larry but instead he will make it easier for us if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life for breakfast lunch dinner and snacks what would it be now do i will you, okay, go now i just need clar- clarification so eat only okay eat only one food so the food you can eat it whenever you want, but it's the category of breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Is that right? I think uh, you can eat it whenever you want, but this is the only food you are you are ever able to eat. Okay. All right, Zebram, go ahead. Yes, I'm going lunch. 
I think I think I don't think it's what what meal would you eat? I think he it's... he he put in parentheses breakfast, yeah, lunch, that's dinner. Where he put snack. in. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Oh, oh right. you. Oh, okay. Hold on. Like you, if you're picking pizza, that you can only oh, eat pizza. Ah, breakfast, lunch, dinner, that's snack. definitely gotcha. what it is. Okay. Right. All right. All right. Well, then I'm going pizza. <laughs> Pizza works for all meals. Pizza works for a snack. Pizza's good. Yes. It's versatile. Yeah. You can put different toppings on. I think. Yeah, I'm definitely going pizza. And what's up, Matt? Thanks for listening. Yeah, this is my my friend and former coworker. He said he knew that I would pick Special K because when I worked at Philly.com, mm. I had a bowl of Special K every day at my desk. I left the bowl there. I left the cereal there. I had the milk in the fridge there. And that's what I ate every day. I'm okay so, to uh, start calling you Special K. Uh so this is a tough one. I, yeah, I mean, so you could cheat or try to cheat, I guess, and say something like, I don't know, like a sandwich. Yeah, like that, if, or if you say salad, can you just put any different thing on that you want? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that feels like cheating. Oh, I'm just going to keep it simple and say pizza. Yeah, I mean, I would do that right now. I, I feel like I'm going pizza too. Yeah, well, there How you go. How could you go wrong with pizza? You get different kinds? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to have to work it off, I suppose, but... All right, I'm not sure, and I'll tell you that much. Next up for Matt, um, I would like to hear another extremely accurate prediction from Shield about an upcoming game. For instance, uh, three minutes left in the third quarter of the second game against the Giants, Will Parks has a PBU. Okay, Darius Slay in week one, whenever that is, against Washington, will have an interception with 628 left in the fourth quarter that will sort of seal the game and convince every Eagles fan that this was an outstanding trade. The team's going to the Super Bowl. It's a different defense. And Shiel Kapadia is a moron for even questioning their decision to make this deal. That's a pretty good one. Uh, next up, from John. Uh, he said, Bird you rather. Of course, he meant Woodpecker you rather. Help draft an offensive <laughs> game plan. Uh, work with coaches and quarterback all week, but not call the plays or get play calling privilege- privileges for one possession. So I'm going with Graham Harrell here. Uh, I, I want the play calling privileges. I, I like my finger on the button. You know, I I don't want this this obscurity of who is responsible. I, I, I want to be responsible. So uh, let me call the plays. I will take the other one. Uh, I think it would be a very valuable learning experience to be part of those meetings all week, meeting with coaches and quarterbacks and figuring out how they put together a game plan. I think that would really help me in my career uh, as I write, be more knowledgeable about what goes on and how these decisions are made. So, uh, yeah, I I will go with that one. I mean, if I'm calling the plays for one. I like mine. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if I'm calling the plays, I'm just calling, you know, three, four deep shots. We're going for it on fourth down, and hopefully one of them hits. I like Shields' answer now because I wasn't <laughs> thinking about it with my current job. I was right. thinking about it like if you were just given this opportunity. I think that's you know, the right. I think I think it's if, if 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 it was for like a story or for like the experience, I think the game plan is better. But if it's for yeah. like the satisfaction, I think the yes. calling plays is, is more fun for sure. Uh, all right, from Burton to Foles, my question for you all is to pick a current Eagles UDFA and explain why they are a future Hall of Famer. Well, this will be a good one for Shiel. Well, yeah, this is definitely you guys. I mean, he said you all, which I didn't see the first time around, so sorry. Uh, but I think you two could give us your takes on this one. So I, I looked up the amount of undrafted uh, players in the Hall of Fame wow. at, at Kevin <laughs> and, and there are, are – th- 
And there are three centers and four cornerbacks. Um, but I'm gearing more toward the center. Is that all of that? Uh, or those are just no, 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 no. Of of the players at the with the, with the most, and that and that doesn't include like two way players either. Uh, but I was going with 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 center and Luke Juriga. Mm. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Really, uh, T-Rex uh, arms on Luke Juriga. And and the reason I'm I'm saying that is because I think center is a position where you can find that late round or undrafted player to emerge. I don't, you know, and when I think of of Hall of Fame, I think of like the best player of your era, and I don't think there are a lot of outstanding young centers in the league right now. A matter of fact, if you look at the top centers in the league, most of them are, you know, high 20s over 30. Uh, so I think that there's a new wave of centers coming up. There have been t- there have been centers that have gone early in the past few years. There are some good centers uh, in the upcoming draft, but uh, I'm going. If I had to pick one of these guys, I would go Luke Juriga. I think that's actually that's probably the right answer, and you're right because the path is is easiest there at that position. Like if he is the guy who replaces Jason Kelsey, that like he could be the center for a long time. Uh, I would say the Eagles, like the Eagles, have gazed up Graylin Arnold more than anybody else. The the Baylor safety. Uh, I'll just uh, if if I think Jurig is probably the best answer, but I will go with my guy uh, Adrian Killens. If he's maybe maybe he can be the uh, you know the Dante Hall who gets to the Hall of Fame as the as the return specialist with his speed. Uh, maybe like he's maybe he's Darren Sproles. I don't know. Uh, okay, next up from Jimmy Kemsky. If you were putting together a team to stop international terrorists and you were showing the team being assembled in montage form, like in MacGruber, who would be the five team members you recruit from the Eagles and what would each of them do in their montage moment? Now, I have not seen MacGruber. So Neither I, have I. But. So, so I don't know if I uh, understood this. You've seen a montage. So I, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a spoof movie. Yeah, I mean, so I had... Uh, you know, I, I kind of pictured it as like the player sort of, you know, like posing, you know, not actually doing something. So this could be wrong. But here's who I put together anyway. I thought uh, I would have Fletcher Cox uh, sort of doing like a steering wheel, like a driving motion, you know, kind of like leaning back okay. and uh, and doing that. Jason Kelsey just standing there stroking his beard with sort of a, That's good. a look, you know, so so that was that. Uh, I thought Lane Johnson could kind of bring back the Axeman, you know, a little bit. I kind of see, you know, he had that story about how he said he killed bears and then he had to explain he wasn't killing bears. I don't know if you kill bears with an axe. Uh, again, uh, I have no idea, but I thought, you know, some type of axe chopping motion from him would be good. Uh, Brandon Graham, I thought, could be doing his sack celebration. You know, that, that's a pretty good dance that he has. And uh, I kind of pictured Brandon Brooks as my fifth guy doing a fadeaway jumper. So those doing were my answers. Fadeaway jumper. Yeah, I don't know. I could see it. Interesting. I think you've got. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I think you've got. Uh, I think you've got Carson Wentz walking up in his in his full camo uh, with like a, a gun draped over his shoulder. Uh, you've got. Uh, I'm going to steal the Kelsey stroke in his beard. I like that one. I think Fletcher Cox has like a uh, like a bow and arrow or something like that. I think he does some some bow hunting. I like that. So he's got that going on. Uh, I think. Let's see. Uh, Brooks is walking out. Uh, Brooks and Lane Johnson walk out together, just all nude, like their ESPN uh, pose. That's that that rounds out the group. You sure you're answering the right question here? <laughs> I think that's funny. That'd be a funny. Maybe okay. I guess with Kelsey too. All three of them. Okay. So like they are protecting uh, Wentz and, and Cox. 
Uh, so I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 f- I focused more on the first clause here. If you were putting the, the team together to stop the international terrorists. So I, I was putting thought into that and I was taking like an Ocean's Eleven type theme where I want guys who can serve different roles. You know, I, sure. I, I don't just want everyone who's like an outdoorsman, for instance. Um, my top choice was Jordan Mailata. Uh, I also have Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. I have Marquise Goodwin because I he can he can jump far. He's fast. Uh, and then I have Anthony Rush. Uh, so I have those five guys. And in terms of the montage, uh, I will I'll go with Lane Johnson doing that dance he did in, against Washington in 2017. Um, I have Jordan Maialata. I'm thinking like in in Australian football, uh, Australian rules football, rugby. Do I, I I know I conflate them. I shouldn't do that, but uh, you know, warding off people with almost the Heisman. Uh, I'll go with with Kelsey stroking the beard. I have Goodwin running and jumping, um, and then I have Anthony Rush just like bulldozing over people as big, as big, the biggest guy on the team. Big bump for Anthony Rush out of you. I like that. Yes, uh, Dave Zangara wants the same question, but Eagles beats. Uh, so I'll, I'll jump in first. Um, okay, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going here with, with Derek Gunn, Martin Frank, Bo Wolf, Jimmy Kemsky, and Nick Fierro. Mm. Uh, and I have uh, – I was thinking just, just people for, for different roles. I feel D. Gunn, uh, you know, he's he can really help in terms of I, – I see him fishing in the in the, in, the, in this montage i see i see martin frank as the speed guy in my marquis goodwin role running away i see bo in my jason kelsey role okay. uh you know kind of stroking the beard yeah uh i i see jimmy kemsky almost like lane johnson you know doing uh that, that funny dance. And then uh, Nick Fierro, I want Nick Fierro going up against the international terrorists because when he gets mad, uh, he's, he's, he's tough to beat. So I, I see him frustrated about something in, 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 in this role. Yeah, I think that was a, uh, it's a good job by you also. Thank you to, uh, to Jimmy and Dave for contributing and, uh, participating here. Uh, I actually went with, uh, Dave Zangaro as one of my notes. I feel like, uh, Zangaro sometimes wears, is it like a bucket hat or? Yes. He's got like a good hat game for training camp, right? He does. He yeah. does. Yes. Yeah. So I I see him wearing that hat, maybe doing like a little bit of a hat tip in the montage. Uh, I've got Paul Domowicz, uh with a towel over his Ooh. shoulder, just like nice. you know, look, maybe he wipes some sweat off his forehead or something. Uh, I've always envied how he's brought the uh, towel to training camp. Every time I see it, every summer, I'm thinking I need to start doing this. Uh, I've got Jeff McLean doing a like soccer kick and like goal celebration, right? He plays on, yeah, a, yeah. I believe, an, an adult soccer team. And so uh, he can bring that to the table. I've got Jimmy Kemsky in the montage. He's just dying laughing because uh, I sat with next to Jimmy Kemsky many a time at the NovaCare complex and he puts together one of his Microsoft paint things or he uh, is writing something or reading something and he, he's one of these guys who just cannot control his laughter, which is always, I, I, I've always enjoyed being around whether it was middle school, high school or, uh, or sitting in the NovaCare complex. And then uh, I'm going to go EJ Smith. Wait, did I pick six here? I might've picked six. No, this is your five. I think. Oh, it's, no, but I've got one after this. Oh, okay. 
Oh, all right. Well, I've got EJ Smith uh, sort of standing. Now, I don't know. Is he a – he's not just a full-time beat, right? He's he, – he, No, he's on the Eagles beat now. So oh, he is. So he would okay, qualify. there you go. Yes. Okay, I know. I thought he did some other stuff too, but he just sort of hands on his hips, uh, smiling at the camera. You know, he, he always seems to be – a good smile. In a, yeah, he's the yeah. guy you want in the room. I mean, he's bringing joy to it. And then I also, I, I know this is my sixth, but uh, I also went with Nick Fierro because mm-hmm. of what you said. And I would just have him like hands up in the air, uh, exasperated at the situation, uh, you know, knowing that he's about to do something. Now, notice that you did not take uh, T-Mac because, of course, T-Mac counts as multiple beats. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, that wouldn't be smart. I'll go. Also, he can't sacrifice T Mac against the international. Yeah, terrorists. no, I got to keep him That's around. True. Yeah, I'm going. Um, I'm going. Uh, Fierro, and uh, let's say Rube, and uh, who who has not been mentioned yet? Um, Less and Less. They're doing my. Uh, they're doing my uh, nude profile in the, in the <laughs> beginning and i've got jimmy i've got jimmy uh filming it because jimmy does a lot you know he does those uh those live videos during training camp so he, he's doing that and then i've got zang i got i got zango just off in the corner laughing so you have jimmy <laughs> filming <laughs> less nick and <Reed. laughs> yeah i said what i said oh my gosh uh, all right uh next up we have uh, from liz ludgate is Boss Baby better than Scoob? Well, yeah, this is from my sister-in-law, so this was intended for me. And, uh, yeah, I would say absolutely. This has been a big question in the Kapadia household uh, over the quarantine is what kids chose to watch. I don't think Boss Baby is appropriate at all for a four-year-old, but uh, you know what? We let her watch it anyway. Is Scoob uh, Scooby-Doo? It is. Okay. Yeah, Scooby Scooby Doo. Uh, there's a, they got they watched the movie and they started watching the show. Then they started saying it made them scared at night, so it was leading to some bedtime issues. Now listen, just stick with Boss Baby, get the laughs. All right. Haven't seen either one, so I'll defer to you. I remember liking Scooby Doo as a kid, but I, I haven't. Uh, I'm glad they hold up. Uh, Dill Sauce says no question. Just thanks uh, for doing what you're doing. Uh, thanks, Dill Sauce from Rich Bobby. Defop, uh, for each of you, you enter the amazing race partnered with one other Philly beat. Uh, who do you choose and why? Well, I think we know who what Shields going with. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to surprise I'm, you here. Oh, so I I have not watched the Amazing Race, but I'm 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 vaguely familiar with the premise of it. Uh, so I'm I'm going with with Derek Gunn here uh, because I I think that uh, D Gunn could could keep us afloat with with his. Uh, with his fishing skills, with his he's 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 really good at building relationships. All right, so so he's he's going to keep us going as we race. Is it racing across the country? Is that what you're doing? I think they put you in like a city, and you're doing okay. almost like a scavenger yeah. hunt type thing. Yeah, if my if if I think that's what it is. Yeah, and D Gun knows everybody, so I will go with D Gun. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Daniel Gallon. I feel like uh, you need someone who you get along with, but also who's good at puzzles. I feel like Daniel Gallon's going to be good at puzzles. I can see that. I like that. Okay. That's a good one. I'm going to go with uh, Dave Zangaro for this. And I think this is a, I think he would be the favorite if you really thought about this. Uh, 
a world traveler. I mean, this guy, yes, he is. the vacations he goes on and just, you know, finds his way around a new uh, country, a new city. Uh, he knows what he's doing there. If, you know, even on these uh, trips we took as yep. Eagles beat writers, if you're, you know, going around uh, around a city, that's the guy you want around. He's going to lead you in the right direction. He knows how to get from one place uh, to the next. And then also just a very nice guy. Like if I totally screwed up, sure. if, I, if I lost it for us, I feel like he wouldn't uh, hold that against me. He would appreciate the experience. He would say, it's all good. Let's go. Uh, let's go get a beer. And so I, I would choose him for this. Yes, great road trip guy. Uh, Sean asks, "Is Ertz an Eagle in 2022?" I'm saying yes, and I think that uh, there's a better chance of Ertz being an Eagle in 2022 than Dallas Goddard being an Eagle in 2022. Wow. I agree with that. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel pretty good that he's going to be an Eagle in 2022. We've talked about the reasons before, but uh, has been very reliable, very productive. It gets along very well with the quarterback. The quarterback trusts him. Uh, good as an Eagle, good in the community, sort of, you know, one of the guys you want speaking for your team, all these different types of things. I think you add all of those up. Uh, I, I think he's going to be here for a long time. Yeah, I mean, if we presume there is a world in 2022, then I think, yeah, I guess Ertz is on the team. Uh, Jason Hutt, if you had to spend two weeks locked inside a glorified tin can on your way around the moon with a player on the current roster, who would be the best and worst options and why? I'm going to go. I'll go first. I think uh, the worst option is Brandon Graham because uh, he has uh, notorious gas in the locker room i think that's going to be a long two weeks uh and i think the best option i'm going with i'm going with jake elliott nice nice and compact uh i think he's a good he's a good value add and uh a guy who can a guy who can think on his feet give me ice so i i was uh i was going with a similar type of thinking for the one you would want on the on the this glorified tin can i imagine this is a, uh, a compact space, and so I'm going with Boston Scott. Mm, I don't nice. need a lot of leg room as as it is, but certainly he would offer more leg room than if you're with Anthony Rush or Jordan Mailata, uh, who were my two for probably my oh, okay. the the worst options because those are the two biggest guys. Well, now that you guys have spelled it out for me, what I should be looking for, uh, I will go with uh, I'm going to go with Avante Maddox. Uh, you know, similar reasoning. Yeah, I think he's seen. He seems like a nice guy you, you get along with. Teammates seem to like him. He's not too big. You'll have your space. And, uh, yeah, I will say Anthony Rush just for the sheer, sheer uh, size of the guy uh, in there. You probably, you know, that, that will probably not work out well for me. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt says, build your ideal five-person family feud lineup with one team of Eagles players and another of Eagles media members. Bo is Steve Harvey. <laughs> now I missed the part about Bo you being Steve Harvey, so I put you in this. Okay. Uh, among Eagles media, I have Bo in there. You know, I think Bo would be probably uh, good in a number of areas. I think you're good. You're pretty good at trivia, right, Bo? I do my best. 
Okay. Uh, I put Z-Berm in there. I think Z-Berm would do, would do well in uh, Family Feud. And certainly if you have some uh, obscure sports categories, I think he would obviously crush those. Uh, I, I put in Jeff McClain in there. I think he hits you with the, uh, you know, music. I know he likes music, film, those different types of things. Dan Gallen I have in there. I think you want a, a younger voice, you know, in there in case you, you want to be able to be good. He's going to be furious. You called him Dan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, in a number of different categories. And then uh, I put Les Bowen in there. You know, I think he's yeah. got, uh, if it's some, uh, you know, not that Les is old, but if it's, you know, some stuff that uh, is from a, a time ago, the, he, he keeps tabs of what's happening in the world pretty uh, pretty consistently. And so those would be my five. I didn't really know how to answer this for the Eagles, but here's just who I wrote down. I wrote down Rodney McLeod, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Sayamalu, Jason Kelsey and Avante Maddox. No reason. Those are good answers. Uh, so I will go with with my family feud lineup uh, for for players, and I, I went Brandon Brooks. Uh, he he has a, uh, a really versatile knowledge base. Same thing with Jason Kelsey. I went with Nate Sudfeld because, oh, from my answer. understanding, uh, Nate Sudfeld is really good at at the riddles that they have outside. Uh, you know, when you walk into the locker room. Yes, and and so I'm going Nate there. I'm going with JJ Ortega Whiteside. Oh. Uh, he he interned for Condoleezza Rice, so my guess is that is that he understands. Uh, you know, he he's that's he's not, good at that, that the political component. Feud. Like name name uh, name the eight pot most popular pizza toppings. <laughs> yeah, I sort of I, I actually did the wrong uh, thought okay. process on this too. When I thought I was just thinking, all right, game show trivia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But Family Feud is is a different game, so I you know I don't know. I might have I'm not coming back to that question. Don't <laughs> think, but yeah. I might have misunderstood yeah. it. Um, and, and and then so I was uh, I was debating between Ertz and JJ, um, and I, I went with uh, JJ. Ertz could qualify in my Stanford spot. I didn't just want to pick guys because they went to Stanford. Uh, and then my my sleeper here is Elijah Riley. Okay, who is Ooh. the undrafted <laughs> undrafted player from 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 West Point? And I uh, you know I I think that uh, I haven't talked seen, to him yeah. yet. But so so there's there's some projection involved here. But uh, I'm I'm confident that at, at, at West Point he's exposed to uh, to various um, you know you know subject matters that he could help with in a traditional game show. So I think I think Family Feud is actually similar to that game they played in the locker room where like you point in a direction and you have to turn your head and then in terms of like thinking very quickly with snap judgments. Okay. So okay. I will go with what is that game. You may have seen it on like social media. It's like you're looking at each other and one person points in a direction and the other guy has to look away. But if he looks in the direction you pointed, then it's a point for you. Um, and Rasul Douglas was the best at that game. So give me Rasul, Sudfeld, and then for the other reasons, guys thinking quickly, I'll take uh, Kelsey, Brooks, and uh, Rodney McLeod. Uh, Christian, who had a uh, very generous donation. If you were forced to spend one week completely isolated from the world with one of your co-hosts, who would you pick and why? Mm, who's going to go first on this one? Well, I feel like it's an easy answer for you two, and no one wants to spend a week <laughs> with me. Actually, no. I, 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 I went with Bo here, and uh, this was no shot at, at, at Shio. I actually think Shio would be very pleasant company. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like... Bo would have a very 
take charge attitude on the on on this island um well, i that. i imagine an island like you know i think he would go get us food he would uh, he would be you know he, uh, he would like being in that role i keep thinking about the green bay trip when uh when bo just just wanted to drive and uh and then he he's always up late wanting to do the podcast at 2 a.m 3 a.m uh so yeah, I I will go with Bo because I I, I I feel like he will have us fed and probably build shelter, something of that nature. Well, see, that's what now it said isolated from the world. I didn't know. Did this mean we're on like a resort, or did this mean Ooh, we're, we're a resort like, could change things? Yeah, or does this mean yeah. we're like you know you got to make sure you survive here uh, for a week? I, I wasn't sure. So uh, you know, so I I kind of took it on the end of that. You know, you were just going to an isolated island, but you weren't. Uh, fighting for your lives type of deal. Uh, I thought this was a tough one. You know, I uh, so for Bo, I had either I'm going to have a really good time, or by the end of it, I'll be so annoyed yeah. that when I get <laughs> back, I'll be so thankful for my family and my home. Oh, and uh, so, so that was tough. Uh, I thought Zach might be more my speed at this age. You know, like we would probably, you know, yeah, that's right, what I was thinking. Hey, you, you want to yeah. go? Like, uh, we'll just hang out, what read some books, do, yes. isolated. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, I don't know. Isola, you're you're gonna you're gonna be like, come on, one one more one more drink here, and then next morning I'm feeling like hell. You know? So, so, so uh, I guess for, I guess for those reasons, I'll go with Zach. Uh, I I'm gonna go uh, strictly based off of like a week is a lot of time. And I feel like we're we're gonna want more alone time, so I'm gonna take Sheila because Sheila's gonna talk less probably. She's going to want to be alone more. I know. That's right. Uh, from Spike. No offense, Zach, of course. No offense to uh, you. From Spike Eskin, uh, would Bo get more respect and critical acclaim if he spelled his name? He says properly. It's obviously incorrectly. And that's B-E-A-U, which is not Bo. It's it's B-U, like the word beautiful. Uh, no, I would get much less respect if I spelled my name in such a such a silly fashion. Have we had the? Uh, well, never mind. Also, we I don't need to be asking questions here. Why? All right. Well, you might as well on. ask it. You, you well, I was. Have we had the origin story of Bo before? Hmm. Have we? I think we, we I may have. Uh, we? I mean, yeah. Robert is my real name, but uh, my middle name is William, and so it's actually a uh, friend of the family, Ivan Mazel, who called me Bo Willie uh, for whatever reason when I was young, and my parents liked the name Bo. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, Thank you, Ivan Mazel. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, the BEAU thing with Spike is about because it's just it's not the right name. It's a bad name. Well, I I like I feel kindred uh, spirits with people who have the last name Wolf and spell it differently, but I uh, do not feel that feel that way with BEAUs. Uh, Jackson, what makes Rick Lovato the best long snapper in the NFL? Advanced stats, please. You guys are going to have to take this. One. I would say uh, last I checked on uh, the Bo Football Focus, their their premium stat was that Lovato had the uh, the quickest, or I, I believe it's SPS spirals per snap. I think he had the tightest spirals per snap of any long snapper in the league. Very good. So in in uh, <laughs> in John Dornbos's biography, I can't believe autobiography, you're over the top on this. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought we were moving on. Oh. We're at question thirty-one. Okay, yeah. Well, so anyways, so so Dornbos wrote a, a, about the time when the Eagles made the decision to trade him and go with Lovato, 
and said that uh, that Dave Fipp made a presentation to the um, to the team explaining the thinking and and as to why it was time to make the move. And I imagine there was uh, like literal football components to that involved in, in, in terms of how well he snaps, uh, the, the rotation, whatever that may be. So I don't have the data in front of me, but I thought that was an interesting anecdote that they that they fit felt compelled to make a presentation. Uh, All right, listen, we want to raise money, but we're going to have to start going a little bit of uh, (laughs) we'll pay any amount, but the experience of having to be here is more what I'm worried about. So we're going to have to, uh, you know, uh, quicken this up a little bit, Bo. If I need to take the lead, let me know. You take the lead. Okay. Uh, Who can name the most species of birds? I know it's not me. I can't name any. Bo, go. Well, I'm not going to. He didn't ask for us to. Bo can. I will. Yeah. I will yield this question to Bo. Bo is the answer. Okay, thank you, Sean. Uh, David says, this was a good question. What book has had the greatest impact on your lives, whether it helped you understand something about football, writing, or life? Uh, Everyone should probably answer this one. Who wants to go first? I don't know if I have a good answer for this. I didn't have a good answer at all. I I had nothing at all, you know, to be quite (laughs) honest. Uh, I don't have a good answer, yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I felt terrible about myself. I thought I need to probably find that book uh, here Uh, (laughs) quicker. I will say the one book, and this is, uh, you know, in terms of work uh, that I found, and I've mentioned this one on the show before, uh, the book Super Forecasting, which just, I mean, Mm. all all these books that talk about sort of our biases and decision-making and kind of how you you know judgment under uncertainty uh i enjoy all those types of books and i thought that at least helped me think a little bit differently about the people that i'm writing about uh in the nfl um so you know that is a terrible answer but that is one that i'll say yeah so i, I have a few books here uh in, in terms of in terms of writing the life of riley when i first read that it was a collection of rick riley's columns for sports illustrated i i, I read that back in middle school and and uh and that really uh like he was my favorite writer at the time also jim murray the great ones that's another collection of of of, of uh columns for non-sports books uh the last lecture when breath becomes air uh, was really enlightening in terms of issues of life and death. Um, I the first time I, I read Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, that I, I found that to be really compelling. Uh, and then the book that probably had the greatest impact on my life was the book that I wrote, Underdogs, um, just because that was going to be my answer. Uh, yeah, taking on the <laughs> yeah taking on the project, all that went if, all that went with it, and and so uh, so those would be some books I'd mention. You stole my answer. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't have a good answer here. I was going to say underdogs because it had a, an impact on my life because in in some small way it helped you get to this this job. No, oh, thank you. Uh, I'll I'll try to think if something else comes up to me. But why don't we move on? I'm like I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't have a better answer. Okay, Simon says, "Have you ever seen here? Here's one you can answer, Bo. Have you ever seen a player's politics actually screw up a team, or is it Drew Brees? Or is Drew Brees going to be the first person to earn that distinction?" Well, I mean, I think these, this is something that we probably wouldn't have a ton of insight into. Like, uh, seeing it is different than it happening. So I don't think it's fair to say that Breeze would be the first person. Um, but certainly the thing that comes to my mind is, is the Riley Cooper incident. And that definitely had an impact on that locker room. Um, and I think is like a, is a, it remains a stain on the organization that they not only let him stay on the team and then extended him after the season. I think it's uh, like, it's still nauseating that that happened. Well, it, well, it did. And it didn't though. I mean, he had his best year 
the team played really well. Well, I think that's well, that, that's right. Uh, I, I guess screw up a team is like uh, that. Maybe that's a good example of uh, like locker room uh, discontent doesn't necessarily have to have a huge effect on the results of the game. I would agree with that. I think it's a good example of you can hate people in the locker room. You know what? There's 53 guys. You probably are going to hate some people. And, uh, you know, it might not stop you from doing what you're doing. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins, that Instagram post he had was uh, uh, very raw, very emotional uh, towards Drew Brees yesterday. You know, just looking at Twitter during this uh, episode, it seems like some of the guys, Michael Thomas is saying, you know, he, we, we spoke and we're putting it behind us and focusing on what matters now with George Floyd. So um, I don't know, but it certainly does become a storyline to follow uh, with that team and with that player. I just like what is Drew I just like what has Drew Brees been doing for the last week like I don't know. Uh Owen what level of attachment do each of you guys have to the Eagles did any of you grow up Eagles fans and how much do wins and losses personally impact you as much as us fans or do you care more because wins would be more traction on your work love the pod keep it up uh, I can start with this one. Uh, I grew up a big Eagles fan. Uh, we went to the uh, vet. A guy at my uh, dad's work would give us tickets to Eagles Cowboys every year. Uh, the guy had season tickets, and so we would sit in 609 at the vet. And then that guy was giving up his season tickets, so my dad took him over. And so then we had season tickets as they moved into the link, and we got, uh, we got better seats in the link. And so, uh, yeah, I was pretty much a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, now that, you know, I don't know if people will believe it or not, but the wins and losses do not impact me at all in that way. I mean, really, once you start working and you're writing about the team, uh, this is your profession. And uh, it's not even like something I need to guard against or protect against. It's just a matter of all I care about is am I, how am I doing my job? Do people like what I write? Do people, uh, you know, am I producing quality work? Am I finding different angles? And am I doing a good job? And so I will say when the team is performing well, that more people are interested in reading and listening and all our numbers certainly show that so that is a nice benefit that's not um you know uh, that's not just philadelphia i think that's probably for any market but beyond that uh, it really does not impact me yeah so similar to shield i i grew up in the philadelphia area i grew up an eagles fan uh that that fanaticism uh faded if you will when i i, I started doing this professionally i've covered uh I, I covered the new york giants as as the beat writer i i i helped cover washington when i was uh, working down there as as well uh so the wins and losses uh it doesn't affect me in in the way it might a fan but certainly um the the way the team is performing the way the fan base is is thinking does affect the the interest in my stories uh interest in our coverage uh so you do pay attention to that and i i would say though that i have a great level of attachment to the fans uh because it's something i always try to keep in mind when i write a story and is is what i was like as a teenager uh and i i think about that person and and how they are consuming how 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 they're learning about the eagles through your words, and so I try, I've tried to never lose sight of of kind of that person, and uh, and so I have an attachment to the fans. I decided to come back to Philadelphia to 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 live here, and and so uh, you know I'm around them every day. Uh, I would also say the like the the biggest impact on our jobs, other than like the actual 
numbers of, of interest um, in, is is not after the game, it's during the week. Like if, the, if it's a losing team, the, the locker room during the week can be a real drag. Hmm. Uh, whereas if it's a winning team, guys are, are more likely to talk. After the game, it's it's fine either way. Um, and as for me, I did not grow up an Eagles fan. I grew up uh, in New York, and I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, but I grew up a bizarrely a uh, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. You have mentioned that before. Have I, I mentioned it? Um, yeah. And uh, but then I worked for the team for six years, so uh, I was I was sort of rooting for the team in some way. Uh, but it was it was obviously different being in the building. I would also say I owe my I owe my like knowledge of Eagles fans to my uh, my college roommate Pat Mayo. Shout out Pat Mayo. Shout out Pat Mayo. Uh, Joe, water gun to your head. Will the Eagles defensive scheme actually feature more players in hybrid roles, or will Schwartz mostly rely on the same single high eight men in the box scheme he always runs? Uh, this is a very good question. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I remain a little bit skeptical. I think you are certainly going to see more man coverage, as I wrote in the Nerd Guide, on uh, which you can read on The Athletic. So I think you're going to see a lot of man coverage. I think still think he's going to be mostly a single high. Uh, this is going to be mostly a single high scheme. In terms of the hybrid roles, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, it's tough for me to picture it, given that the guys who are going to play those roles are people we don't really know a whole lot about. So, uh I, I'm a little skeptical, but certainly that's something that they want to uh, they wanted to explore this off season. Uh, unless you guys have something to add, I will move on. Go for it. Kai LP says, Pecknest Migrate, uh, Burger Brigade, Spoon Nation, Nang Gang. But, Bo, I think you have to explain this yeah, one. Yeah, this is for me. This is for uh, Doughboys fans. And this is an easy one for me. It's, uh, it's Nest, Spoon Nation, all the way. Uh, Peck, Nang Gang. Uh, because she's only on, you know, once or once or so a year. So that's Christine Nagel, who is a, a Philadelphia native, by the way. And then I'm I'm migrating Burger Brigade. Sorry, sorry, Wagger. Okay, there you go. Uh, Greg asks, rank these three times a player kneeled. One, Kevin Cobb kneels to beat the Cowboys forty-four to six in a play-in game. Two, Kirk Cousins kneels at the opposing six to end the first half. And three, Nate Sudfeld kneels to win the NFC. Zebram, that seems like it's right down your alley. Yeah, I don't have strong opinions on, <laughs> on, on the kneeling. Uh, the Kirk Cousins kneel, though, I vividly remember that one because that That's one had, had direct implications on the game. Now, Washington still won, but that was early enough in the game that, uh, that it, it, it could have swung the other way. The other ones were just kneeling at the end of the game. Yeah, I would say Cousins, Cobb. Well, I don't remember the Sudfeld. Uh, I, the I'd, Sudfeld. Go, I'd go Cousins, Sudfeld, Cobb. Cousins, Sudfeld, Cobb. Yeah, that's probably right. Okay. Uh, Ernie asks, if the only thing COVID did, this is this might be the best question. So everyone wake up. If we put you yeah. to sleep, wake up for this one. Ernie asks, if the only thing COVID did to people that contracted it was make them shrink by four inches, how much differently would the world's response look? Well, I will jump in here, okay? okay? Because because I would go into quarantine, like <laughs> no one can go near me, and I you would, would try to compel... No, but I would try to compel everyone else out there um, to go out there. Don't worry about contracting this. If everyone else in the world dropped four inches uh, and I stayed the same, uh, I that would be a very appealing world. So, um, so that would be my reaction. 
That's a good answer. I think, if, I think well, I think the the question is how much different would the response look? I think I think you yeah. probably would have a little bit less uh, draconian suggestions. Not that everybody's following those, but um, wait, you think people would take it less seriously or more? Seriously? I think people would take it less seriously. Maybe not. I don't know. I I, I, I went think, back I and forth. Think, like, I think that I think individuals would maybe take it more seriously, but governments would take it less seriously oh that's interesting uh, i went back and forth on this like a hundred times i have no idea i mean i don't know there's a world where people might be taking it more seriously loose four inches that might be important to them that's true i also think it would be uh you would you would see the reverse where younger people would care more about it like you know what, what is that's what true. does a 65 year old care if he loses four inches it's a great point yeah i mean yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, listen, we could use some more uh, feedback on that. I feel like that was oh, yeah. a great question. question. I I think I wrote the wrong name down for this. So, listener who submitted it, thank you for submitting probably, it. It was probably I just apologize. a regular Jason. It might have been a regular Jason, yeah. Uh, should we be – this was also a pretty good uh, question. Should we be worried that Doug is – yeah, this was a Jason. Should we, we be worried that Doug is going to eventually end up taking the fall for how he's mediocre to bad roster building – is there any scenario where Howie gets the axe before Doug? I don't think there's a scenario where Howie gets the axe before Doug. And I, if you, to use the word worry, it depends your level of confidence in Doug Peterson, I suppose. But I think that if one were to fall first, it would be Doug Peterson. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I really can't. I'm trying to think of a scenario where Howie would get. Uh, where Jeffrey Lurie would say we're firing Howie Roseman but keeping Doug Peterson. I don't, I don't really think that exists. I mean, the only way I – here's the scenario where that would exist is if the Eagles, like, win the Super Bowl next year and, like, Doug's like, I want the power, baby, and I don't get along with Howie. I mean, these are all hypotheticals. It's either him or me. Well, I don't know. Then maybe, like, there's that scenario, but that's not what he's talking. I think he's talking more about if things go badly, and I think if things go badly, it would be more likely that Doug takes the uh, takes the fall. I, I mean, it's certainly more likely. I think that I think there's another path, which is unlikely, but it's, you know, the Eagles keep squeaking by and, like, making the playoffs with these mediocre teams and – Andre Dillard isn't playing at left tackle and Jalen Rager isn't good and whoever the next first round pick isn't good and like th- those whiffs uh, keep going down the line but somehow Doug Peterson is still making the most out of a, a mediocre roster it's not impossible but it's certainly unlikely not. but impossible yeah. okay Chris asks scenario each of you has to start your own podcast on a topic with no relation to sports what's the topic who is your ideal co-host and how long do you think it would be able to run before being canceled yeah so i i would want to do a uh, podcast just interviewing people similar to the moment with brian Kopelman. um and i think i am better uh trying to ask questions as as opposed to uh being the one answering them uh but nonetheless uh that would be the type of pod i would want to do by myself do you think it would have some no you have to choose your ideal co-host what do you mean yourself well, because you are bringing in guests is, is my point. All right. Do you so, think this is how long would it run before being canceled? Do you think he, he, this bad boy would have some legs? I think it would, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I like that yes. confidence. All right, Bo? Uh, I didn't see this question beforehand, but it's a really good question, so I'm trying to give it some good – Do you want me good, to go while you If you, you have think? an answer, go ahead. Yeah, I have an answer. I would love to do a like a TV 
uh, podcast, uh, you know, just talking about whether it's coming on right after, you know, a show or something airs where the next morning people are able to uh, listen to it. That would be a lot of fun to me. I, I wouldn't just stick to like the, you know, critically acclaimed shows. I think we could get into some of the uh, bad, the, the trashier shows, some of the reality stuff, uh, along with the really good stuff. I think my, I think a co-host that would be my buddy, uh, Matt Bracken, who I worked with in Baltimore. Uh, who now works for a company called The Morning Consult. But he and I have had many uh, long conversation and great conversation about TV shows that we're watching. I think we have a good rapport. Uh, listen, I think that podcast would be pretty good. Uh, maybe this is just because this is what's going on in our house right now, but I would love to do a, I'd love to do a deep dive on Sesame Street. And let me <laughs> talk to like the the head writers and the... Uh, like all the writing staff and like the puppeteers, I want to know. I want to know all the the ins and outs, of the behind the scenes of of producing Sesame Street. Okay, very good. Uh, Skeen plus two says who and wins the eight team Philly social corridor tourney. All neighborhoods that apply random seating. Uh, he's got Gerard Avenue. Pashyunk Avenue, Bain Street, Maniunk, 2nd Street, South Street, Walnut Street, Ben Franklin Parkway, 9th Street. And then he sent us a bracket, Bo, because you asked a good question, which I had too, which was, what is this tournament? Like, what's happening? Yeah, and I think like, he said... thinking who's going to win, like, a, a game? Or is it just, like, which... No, I think he was just saying, like, which, which areas of which corridors do you like the most? Okay. So... Uh, the first one he had was Gerard Avenue, which includes Fishtown and Brewery Town, against the Ben Franklin Parkway, uh, City Hall, Love Park, and the museums. Who do you got for that? I go. I'm going Gerard Avenue. I w- I just picked my but winner the, in this. I didn't the do Gerard the Avenue that was on yeah. uh, one of the two. You know, not not the bat wielding side, the other side. Okay, well, we'll just let you do this one, Bo, since you got the bracket. I, but the other matchup, Pashyunk Avenue, South Philadelphia, against 9th Street uh, Italian Market. Yeah. So Ooh, that's a not, good one. Not far from each yeah, other. So, yeah, so so 9th Street is, is my winner overall. Wow. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, not because of the versatility of the Italian market. You have sandwich shops, you have markets, you have uh, nice sit-down restaurants, you have different types of food, you have have you know Italian obviously seafood you have pizza you have you have Kalaya there you have a lot of you know you have bakeries you have Mexican uh, so just the versatility that you have on 9th Street I'm definitely going 9th Street here okay uh, I will do the next one because this is my uh, old neighborhood 2nd Street uh, he writes Old City Northern Liberties against Main Street Maniunk actually these were two areas I was looking at you know where, where should I live when I moved back to Philadelphia from uh, Baltimore I chose the uh, the 2nd Street one I you know Main Street Maniunk if you're like 22 years right. old uh, and you're going out every night you know that might be appealing uh, to you but that's that was not. That's not my uh, favorite part. So I will go. I, I will choose uh, Second Street there. All right. Last for a couple of years. It's that's exactly right. You don't want to be there after twenty three. Yeah. Uh, South Street, which he says South Street Graduate Hospital against Walnut Street, Old City, uh, Rittenhouse, University City. Uh, I lived on South Street, so I'll say South Street. Really? Oh, okay. That's an upset. Right I was above, go with right Walnut above Street. the bonk shop. Okay, so we have Second Street against South Street. Uh, I would I would go Second Street. Do you have an objection? Uh, no. Okay, and then we have uh, Gerard Avenue against Ninth Street. 
Well, this was Zach's because I would have taken Passyunk over 9th yeah. Street. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, you- sorry. You can go Passyunk. I was just giving <laughs> no, my no, winner no, overall. No, okay. You got no. You got Passyunk here. I was I was giving Passyunk my winner. I wasn't doing the bracket. All okay. right. So you got Passyunk against Second uh, Street. Passyunk. Okay. There you go. All right. Chris says, uh, for all three, does anyone have a reading list uh, or books they finished during the quarantine? Yeah, so I, I've, I've read three books so far in, in quarantine, and the best one I read was The Hot Hand uh, by Ben Cohen of the Wall Street Journal. Highly recommend it, uh, and really it will, I don't want to say change the way you think, but it, it enlightens you into the notion of streaks and kind of the background to them. Okay, Bo, you got anything? Uh, I read a great book on the troubles called Say Nothing in the beginning of quarantine um, that I would highly recommend and is probably um, – in some ways of the moment. And uh, I've, I started reading Dreyer's English last week, but uh, put that down. I, I think I, I have ordered some books that I would like to read uh, coming up. That's that's all I've got. Okay. Uh, I read, uh, I am reading Playing for Keeps, the Michael Jordan book by David mm-hmm. Halberstam. Uh, I have started the book Range. Uh, yep. It's a good book, David Epstein. David Epstein, yeah. which is interesting. And uh, I read a... Uh, a piece of fiction earlier this offseason called Fleischman is in Trouble oh, by uh, Taffy Brodeser Ackner. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I've met her. She came to uh, Seattle to do a story on Russell Wilson for ESPN, the magazine. Oh. And, uh, you know, she was uh, very nice, very friendly. So when I, and she's a great writer. I mean, she's a great magazine writer. If you ever see her name pop up, uh, you know, it's it's one of those people who you read it and you're like jealous that people can uh, write like this. So uh, I, I very much did enjoy that book. And I think my wife said they're turning that into like a TV series or, uh, or something. So those are... Uh, those are mine there. Okay, let's see what else. I had two of these spreadsheets open. Someone wanted Zach. Tyler wanted Zach to read the first chapter. Uh, yeah, of I, I, I won't that do one. that. I I appreciate the shout out. I would say though, if you go to page eighty two, uh, there's a section there on the Eagles back in two thousand seventeen, dealing with a lot of the issues that are uh, of of relevance today. And it's interesting as I went back and read that this morning, how a lot of what Malcolm Jenkins was talking about then uh, still hasn't been improved upon today. And I would say if anybody DMs or emails Zach and says, you'll buy the book if he'll read a chapter like over the phone or send it to you in audio form, I'm sure Zach would be willing to do that. Right, <laughs> yes. Zach? Correct. Yes. Or you can subscribe to The Athletic. That too would would, would be of great benefit. Also, I'm trying to audition for like uh, audio book. So maybe I will volunteer myself to do <laughs> that for you. I can get you some go. reps in. All right. Brendan says, uh, given that the expected points from a one point or two point conversion are about the same since the one point conversion was moved back it makes sense that teams should develop two point specialists and always go for two uh, he has some more explanations here but basically he's, he's wondering if you were an nfl head coach and your owner and gm agreed with a plan to always go for two what would your strategy be yeah so i would always go for two uh wow. unless it's yes un- unless the situation uh calls for one you know unless it's it's you you tie a game and you need the extra point uh you know, to win the game, so to speak. But uh, I just think that the expected value is there um, and that if if you rep it enough, all you need to do is is be better than 50%. 
at two point conversions. Really, you just need to be better than what forty seven and a half percent. But uh, my strategy would 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 just be to to rep and rep and rep uh, and diversify your goal line looks and 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 get it to a point where you're converting uh, more than than one out of two. Yeah, I'm sure someone's done a statistical analysis of this. But so if you, I guess it depends how many touchdowns you score mm-hmm. on average uh, in a game, you know, whether you would see that uh, benefit or not. Like if you scored two touchdowns a game and you're 50%, then it would obviously be the same as uh, kicking the extra point. So, uh, you know, in terms of strategy, the one thing that Brendan mentioned here uh, was a dual threat backup quarterback. And yeah, I think that is uh that is smart if, if you were a team that was going to do that because I think we've seen that the one area where running is as good or superior to superior to passing is in uh, in short yardage, you know, inside the five goal line situations, those types I, of things. So I think that would be smart. I think the, like the way to think about it is if you had a, you've got a, a one two point conversion to, uh, you know, save humanity, who's the one player in his prime who you add to your team? Like, is it Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Cam Newton? Interesting. Yeah, yeah Cam okay. Newton. Yeah. Who would yours be? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, is it is it uh, Cam Newton, like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, or is it like uh, Calvin Johnson or like, you know, prime Antonio Gates or something like that? I don't know. No. I'd I, say Newton or Vic. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, think that's it, probably right. I think it would be Newton. I mean, everything can go poorly yeah. for you, and he could still end up scoring yep, a touchdown. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. Uh, Mark says, in a bizarre reality TV stunt, the athletic forces you to invite three Eagles players or coaches to live at your home with you and your family for four weeks. Who are you inviting and why? Bonus for Bo. What is the reality show called? Well, I think if it's my family, it's probably called The Wolf's Den. Okay. Mine would probably have to be Special K. Special K. Special <laughs> K and the gang. Uh, I think I would go with uh, Jeff Stoutland. I find him to be very enter- entertaining. Uh, I think Deshaun Jackson would be fun uh, in that house. And the third one, I think I might go Brandon Graham. I mean, Mm. we saw in All or Nothing that, you know, uh, all right, he might not have the highest ceiling, but he's going to give you a high floor. If he's, you know, if he's in a scene, you'll be entertained. You'll like being around him. And so those might be my three. That's a good one. I think uh, I think if he was still on the team, Jason Peters is a home run pick. He's like the most interesting man in the world. Uh, otherwise, I, I think your your answers were good. I don't know. I don't know how much, uh, you know, all of America is going to love Jeff Stoutland, but the football fans will love him. Oh, I disagree. I think it would be very entertaining. Uh, Berm, you got anything for that, or move on? I I would probably put uh, Carson Wentz on on there just because. Really? It would no from a reporting perspective, <laughs> it, would, it would give me a chance <laughs> to get to. It would give me a chance to get to know him better. Uh, and he, I think he's going to be around here for a long time. I hope I'm around here for a long time. Uh, so I think that would really strengthen the relationship. Okay, Anonymous says, I believe uh, Wentz's statement on Black Lives Matter to be sincere, but a small part of me wonders if it was also a slightly calculated move to gain favor with a predominantly black locker room. He's clear, clearly struggled to connect with. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think there's a narrative. He says, I think there's a narrative narrative about Wentz that he is desperately trying to shake, especially as he steps into his definitive leadership role with the departure of Jenkins. Um, I I think that he's uh, sincere. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's you know one thing that I think is legit about legit about him over the years. I have not sensed that he's a phony or tried to be anybody uh, that he's not. Now, 
I mean, I don't know, a calculated move. I think it was a sincere statement that yeah. he put out. I, I don't think it's anything more than that, more than that, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I, I would also add, like, uh, I mean, I mean, not every black person in the locker room is the same. Like, not every white person right. in, the, in the locker room is the same. It's a collection of individuals. So I, I don't know if, if Carson has struggled to connect um, in that sense. You know, I, you know, I, I think that that there are personality types that that Carson spends more time with or gets along with better. I don't think it's it's based upon race. Um, you know, I, I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not breaking news here. Carson is very religious. Um, he's, he's uh, you know, there's a, there's a group of players on the team who are very religious, who Carson has, has been very close with. Uh, but I, I don't think his relationships are exclusive to any particular group. I also think, I mean, I take him at his word too. I, I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, these things that the, the things that Carson Wentz is saying are not or, or said in his statement, they, they should yeah. not be viewed as controversial. Right. Like to say sure. uh, that I don't understand the black experience and it's I, it's on me to listen better. And uh, black lives matter. Those things should not be viewed as controversial. But, you know, if you want to compare him to the other uh, quarterbacks in the league, like they he, he, he did come out with this earlier. I don't know if he deserves credit for that or not. Like, it's maybe it's a little bit weird that Kirk Cousins hasn't said anything in Minneapolis. But um, I thought he did. Did he say I something? He said, I thought he said something. Okay. Yeah, but. I, I take that back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I take I take I take Carson as sincere. And also, I will say that um, what we heard of the, you know, the, the Eagles team meeting on Monday, uh, where they had sort of a listening session. Uh, apparently, Carson uh, and Ertz both they spoke during that and was well received so and i think that's important because i do think it's like this sort of low bar to clear like oh this person tweeted saying and bo wrote a a, certainly a a very good piece on the athletic about team statements but you know it's it's a very low bar to clear about you know just saying something but then all right well now what are you going to do and so I, i think that certainly is a good sign all right we're going the total opposite end of the spectrum here will m says who are your top five seinfeld characters uh outside of the main characters. I actually pulled up a list for this mm. uh, to make sure I wasn't missing anybody. I think I would have Frank Costanza would be yep. number one. Uh, Uncle Leo, he's got to mm. be in there, right? I mean, I think I mm-hmm. might have him number two. Uh, does New- Newman, I feel like he counts as I'm a main not a character. Newman guy. Right? Yeah. You're not a Newman no, guy. I don't like okay. Newman. Who do you don't got? Like Newman episodes. No, go ahead, finish what you got. No, I don't know. I'm just looking at this. Estelle Costanza, uh, Jay Peterman. Uh, Jackie Childs is a good, good one. Uh, Mr. Pitt, yes. Oh, Sue Putty. Ellen Mishki. That's a good one. I like a. I yeah, like a, so, I like a um, bookman. Okay, you like a banya? <laughs> uh, I'm okay on a banya. You, you don't like a banya? <laughs> I guess I like a banya. <laughs> Oval. What's the deal with Ovaltine? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Uh, uh, Steinbrenner is a good yeah, one in that. One. Okay. All right. So yeah. there's a lot of good ones. Uh, Sam says, "I just bought a house. Any tips for a first time?" homeowner uh you guys could take that part of the question mine would be to and hopefully sam has great luck with this house i would say to others who are sort of in that stage of their lives where they've earned some money and they're thinking like it's oh gotta buy a house like just chill you really don't have to i mean even if you're doing well you're earning some money i feel like that was sort of the generation above us it was the american dream was to be a homeowner and you know what unless you're like totally settled on where you want to live or you're sure that this is going to be a good investment that you're going to be able to uh, sell easily. Uh, there is nothing wrong uh, with renting and uh, maintaining that flexibility. 
Yeah, I I, I would add uh, for any tips like be very handy because um, or know stuff what you're stuff not comes up. At. Yeah, stuff uh, stuff comes up all the time, and uh, and when you're not handy, it can put you in a bind. Uh, yeah, I would. Well, I, I, if you haven't moved yet, I would say if you're doing any uh, like anything like painting or something like that to the house, do it before you move in. Okay, there you go. Uh, John P. says, to all three of you individually, what's your favorite moment in Birds with Friends history? My answer is Sheil telling the story of TV Uncle asking to mount your TV on a different day because it was his birthday, still a classic. Uh, I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard at a podcast. Uh, this is a tough one. You know, I might say very early on, it might have been like the second episode, Bo, you started pretending to do a Me Undies read <laughs> even though me undies was not a sponsor of the podcast. And like, I thought that, you know, someone had given you a me undies read to do, uh, but then you just stopped and explained that you were just doing that as a joke. And I lost it. Uh, that, that was when I knew we had something with birds there with friends. Go. I'm trying to think, I, I think I, my memory is so, so shot that I can't remember anything from uh, that long ago. So the, the hardest I've laughed fairly recently was the story of Zach, the valet. That was really, yeah. And we were, it was also good, great. That's we were, definitely the We were there. all sitting together. Like Zach was sitting on the floor in the room. It's always, it's always a little bit better when we're in the same room together. Yeah, my favorite was the three of us and Kent uh, at the combine when we had Tony Pauline. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just seeing Bo and yeah. Tony go at it, and then Bo giving the fake password for Tony Pauline's phone. <laughs> Not um, fake. <laughs> Not fake, uh, but yeah, I I would go with that one. Uh, I want to change my uh, answer to that one. Yeah, that I thought that was a great episode. I, I yeah. was dying during that uh, episode. Matt says, it's fourth and 10 and you need to convert or the game's over. What play do you run? In other words, what would be your go-to play if you were a head coach? Mm. Uh, this is a tough one. I would say maybe uh, the Matt, how about the mesh play that they torched the Patriots with? In the Super Bowl that Coach Flynn has helped me break down, I feel like on multiple occasions, uh, it has answers against man coverage. It has answers against zone coverage. Uh, certainly, if you're talking about Doug Peterson, it's a play that his players know. Uh, so I would go with that. I would go with the slot fade here. Uh, oh, I because, like it. Yeah, because I I think you can create a favorable matchup. And uh, if you're just looking for 10 yards, I think it's a it's it's one where you can create separation pretty quickly. Go big or go home, baby. I always I always liked in bubble ball if it was if it was a, a fourth down and something to go, go over the top. If they're expecting you to, to uh, just go for the chains, go over the top. Give me give me four verts. Let's go for it all. There you go. I like it. Uh, Jack says, I have two questions. First, uh, two questions. That's pushing it, Jack. Uh, first, how can we approach the stick to sports sports fan who is hesitant to discuss race relations and have an open dialogue with them? All right. Well, well I guess we should just answer. Attacks of these questions. What's that? These questions are too totally yeah, different. I know. I was about to start asking the second question, but they literally have nothing to do with <laughs> each other. Like, so, rank the defensive uh, thank, line. thank you for your donation, Jack. But I don't know. I think we can only answer uh, the first one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is like 
I mean, you're still going to have conversations that are just about sports at the same time, especially right now. Like a lot of the sports conversations are about what's happening in the country. You know, like, you know, every media availability, every press conference, uh, this is what is being talked about. Team meetings are being taken over uh, by this. So, uh, you know, there's not a large way to escape it. I've struggled with it. You know, I'm writing these nerd guides and I feel like a moron tweeting them out. And then, you know, the next tweet is about something a lot more uh, serious. So I don't have a great answer for that yeah I, I would say that if you have something uh, to contribute to the conversation you should absolutely contribute it and if you don't have something to contribute you should absolutely listen so you can be in a position where you can contribute to it so that's that's really the approach that i've taken is is that anyone who has perspective here um it, it's it's incumbent upon me uh, to learn it and to be more informed. That's a much better answer than mine. I, I think the qu- the question is how can we approach those the the, the stick to sports fan and uh, the approach is like I mean get get on or get out. Like uh, you can't just compartmentalize these things. It's 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 all a part of it. And you, you know, like if you need if you need it to be nice and tidy, then uh, you know I don't know. Go go somewhere else. Go read a book. Okay. Elizabeth says, if you were allowed a 10 second response to Drew Brees' initial comment, what would you say? I think it would really, it would really just be what Zach had just mentioned, you know, like, uh, open your ears, listen. Uh, you know, I wouldn't like fire off an angry rant at him or anything like that, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you would be able to get across in 10 seconds. Certainly many of his teammates have tried to, uh, have tried to do that. Uh, I guess it's not 10 seconds, but via social media, but that would sort of just be my, uh, my quick response there. What Zach had just mentioned. Yeah. I would probably go with Malcolm Jenkins's response. More than but, 10 seconds. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I think she'll said it well. And I, I, I just think don't substitute your value system for someone else's, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, it's not necessarily my place to, to, uh, react, yeah. but I would say you need to be doing more, uh, listening. Yep. Max says, if you could only run one play for an entire season and it had to be some kind of trick play, what play would you choose? Hook and ladder all day. Love a hook and ladder. And I think you could run a couple different type of Hold on now. Up. Is it hook and ladder or hook and lateral? Hook and ladder, I think. Are you maybe, sure? I mean, maybe uh, pedantically lateral was original, but hook and ladder is like that is, uh, that is how the language has evolved. I might have to I might have to do like a deep dive on this for the athletic because uh, this is something I've wondered about for a long time. All right, so you're doing that every play. Is, I like that. Yeah, That'd be a fun you, offense. And, and also, like you, you can disguise who the ladder is too. You might get good at that if you practice it a yeah. lot. All right, I'm stealing that answer. I like that. And and so you're you're running that exact play. Like I would say a flea flicker, but there are t- or actually no. You know what I would do? I would go with the option. Uh, because the option has a lot of variation to it, a triple option play. How, how, about, <laughs> how about a flea flicker, but the running back has the option to run the yeah, ball? That's a, yeah. yeah, I was initially thinking that, but then that's just a running play. Does anyone do that? No, but he can pitch it back. Yeah. He if, can pitch it if back. You, you know, yeah. You've got to have a really smart running back. He's yeah. got to like read the safeties yeah. like a quarterback would, see, what, see what's there. He either runs it, pitches it back, and then you got a deep shot. Huh? I think that might be a nice offense. All right. I'm going with that. Chris, uh, wow, thank you for your donation, and what a question. Describe your worst Well, Chris said, Chris said uh, he, he submitted two questions, but if we had to pick one, this was the one he wanted us to pick. 
Okay. Well, we again, if you do one donation, you get one question. Uh, so this will be the one we will pick. Describe your worst pants, uh, let's say pooping story, or close call if you haven't had one in three words or three short phrases. Provide no additional context. For example, mine is elementary school, gym, running. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a story. Uh, I don't. I don't have sorry, one either. I will give you say. a potty training yeah. story. The one. The one uh, accident of this variety that has happened over the past two weeks, and the three words would be, um, Casey, shower, blocks. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have a great one. I mean, if we're talking about close calls, mine would be uh, probably like uh, Baltimore red <laughs> red light goosebumps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's move on from that bad boy. Uh, Jonah asks, I have a peck nest uh, migrate for Z-berm. Uh, Saint, how am I, am I pronouncing this incorrectly? Yeah, so uh, I believe Saint Viator, Fairmount, or the field. These are uh, bagel places in Montreal. Oh, and uh, I I gotta say that uh, your Montreal uh, knowledge, Jonah, is is more than mine. I know of all these places, but when I'm there, I'm I'm, I'm visiting my grandmother, and she does not frequent these places. Uh, so usually, I am eating the bagels that she has, which are from, I believe, Real Bagels. Uh, so those would be the ones that I would say in Montreal. I found uh, myself is... very underwhelmed with the Montreal bagel. Oh, I love a Montreal bagel. I didn't even I know actually... this was a thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. Oh. And and I it's my favorite kind of bagel is a Montreal Much bagel. Better. And there's a few – there's there's spread bagelry in Philadelphia, which is Montreal-style bagels, and I highly recommend it. Okay, I like that. Parkman says – uh, all right, this feels like this is Bo, Bo donating and asking himself a question. <laughs> Reflecting back on your storied history as a Wake Forest Club baseball player, as objectively as possible, who was better Who was better in the following categories between Parkman and Moose? Oh, okay, so is this a former teammate, Bo? Okay. Uh, oh, I, I like this. All right, one hitting, two defensive catching, three calling a game, four on-field leadership, and most importantly, five best president of the club. So these were both catchers, both presidents. Parkman was a year ahead of me. Moose was um, my year. Uh, I was the vice president, of course. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, let's see. Now, I thought about these. These are very difficult. Hitting, uh, I believe if I would look back, I think that Parkman had a, a higher on-base percentage than Moose. Now, Moose did have the greatest uh, ending to a career. He hit a home run in his last at-bat uh, with a broken bat, I believe. So he gets credit for that, but I would go with Parkman here. Uh, defensive catching, I think that uh, I think Moose was a better blocker of the ball, better a better defensive catcher, probably a slightly better arm, maybe. Uh, but I would say I would number three. I'm giving Parkman the edge. And I'm sorry, I think Parkman slightly better defensive catching. Moose better calling a game for sure. Uh, the connection between Moose and Tank on the mound was was really fantastic. Um, on field leadership. Uh, I'll give the edge to Moose, but I will say that Parkman had the greatest um, bark back at an umpire once because he uh, he struck out and he just said uh, very loudly, "Sir, I disagree," which was very polite. <laughs> and uh, best president of the club, I uh, I'm going to go with uh, the guy who uh, who was with me. I'll say I'll say Moose. 
So All right, I think, so I think one, Park three got out of five. Three out of the five, but I'm giving Moose best president. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I should I should point out with that question, we passed the two minute or, or the uh, two hour mark of the episode. Uh, Shield does have an, have an interview coming up. Is our plan to keep rolling through, or are we pushing it back to next well, week? I think I might be able to get through these. Let's do it. Okay. Do we have time? We let's go it. fast. Uh, Tom says, with everything going on, what are some organizations in the Philadelphia area and beyond? I live in NYC where people can volunteer when it's safe and healthy to uplift undeserved communities. Underserved. Uh, oh, sorry, underserved communities. Uh, I did not uh, see this one beforehand. Bo, do you, did, did you do any uh, research for this or no? Uh, I did not do any research for it, um, but I have been uh, just trying to pay attention to what's on like Black Lives Matter uh, in terms of things to do. And if you're not willing to go out and... Uh, protest i think there are lots of good places you can give to yeah we can certainly I, revisit this one and it, if it's not you know specific for this cause i know uh z Berman and i uh, yep. are, are, have both done uh big brothers uh you know big brothers uh big sisters little brothers little sisters uh, i think it's a great organization it's it's a way to just kind of connect with one person um i think if you're you know working it still allows you uh you know it's not like you're something you're doing every day to come but it's you're forming a connection with somebody maybe you're going into neighborhoods that are new to you uh you know you're having a learning experience and meanwhile hopefully making uh, some kind of difference there as well zach would you I, agree yeah I, I, I was about to, to say that, and I would echo exactly what Shield said. I think my five years with my little brother really opened my eyes to some of these issues that uh, I'm reading about, but was perhaps not directly exposed to. And I was exposed to it through conversations with him, through things learning about his life. And so uh, I would definitely recommend that if, if it's something you have the time, um, it, it's, it's meaningful for both the little brother and for the big brother. Now, Tom had a second question, which normally we don't do, but I feel like this is one maybe other people would have, so I think we should answer it. He says, as someone in my mid-20s, I often feel a bit dissatisfied with my career and constantly feel like I need to make a change. I have a good job and have been relatively successful, but still feel a sense of discomfort and constantly feel the need for a change with that in mind and other experiences from your mid-20s. What life advice do you have for young professionals? Uh, well, that is a, it's a good question. I think it's a tough question. I mean, I would say what, what I tell like college students is that like no job has to be permanent or is permanent. So, uh, if you're not satisfied, I think it's fine. If you have the financial means, your family situation, I mean, these things are going to vary, but if you feel like you're okay from that perspective, then think about what else you might enjoy. What, what would make you happier to go to work and, uh, come home and say, that was fun. I want to do it again, uh, tomorrow. I, I know I'm speaking in very flowery terms here and this is not possible for everybody uh, there's certainly a scenario where i try out the sports writing thing and it doesn't work out and i'm doing something else there's a lot of luck involved but uh you know i think certainly like you can try different things if you're successful in what you're doing like realize that that's probably going to be there for you and so if you want to try something else think about it uh go for it if you don't have, you know, children, other people to support, now's the time to do it before those things happen. And then, uh, you know, maybe you'll figure things out one way or another in a five, seven year span. I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 good advice. I'm I'm not necessarily equipped to do this because I, I've been in the same field 
my entire career. Uh, but I, I would say you need to identify what's important to you. For some people, location or you know, you know, geography is important, and 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 that affects the type of jobs you're looking for. I can speak for anyone who's who's interested in sports journalism. What I say is that the the journalism needs to be the important part, and not the sports, because if you're just interested in sports, there's a lot of different avenues you can go. For sports journalism, uh, it's the journalism that's most important. I like when you take a two word phrase and and emphasize which word's better, like the work from home thing. That was good. <laughs> Uh, I like uh, I don't think I don't know if I have good advice I I would just say we should probably I mean we need to acknowledge that like just because you want a job doesn't mean you can get a job it's gonna the the job market is uh, is very difficult but uh, if if you if you you you, you probably can't be happy in every way uh, but I don't know I don't have a good I don't have a good piece of advice okay Dan says in your time covering the Eagles and other teams, who's your top athlete for the combo of on-field performance and off-field work? Call it the as good of a guy award, if you will. I feel like Malcolm Jenkins has to be the favorite here. Does, do you guys have anybody else? I don't know. I don't know how I could pick someone other than Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I would say Malcolm Jenkins and then Justin Tuck uh, when I was covering the Giants fit in that category as well. I would probably have Doug Baldwin from my uh, Seahawks days, although he uh, career-wise was not as successful as Malcolm Jenkins. All right, Mike says, in serpentine list format, how would you all rank the top 9 to 12 breakfast cereals? Oh, well, we already yeah, pretty much did that. It's literally so we exactly gave you 16. We did, so there we go. Yeah. Alex says, Doug Peterson is a known golfer, so I'm wondering what you think his beverage of choice is on the golf course. Better yet, let's assign turkeys. They can be divided into Miller Lite, Landshark, Water, or Gatorade. I'm going with 40 Miller Lite, 35 Landshark, 20 Water, and 5 Gatorade. Uh, I would probably say zero uh, Water and Gatorade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would probably give him, I feel like he could be a big Landshark guy. I'll go 60 Landshark, 40 Miller Lite. Yeah, of those, if, if those are the only choices, I'm going, uh, I'm going, yeah, 50 Landshark. No, no, I like, I like 60 Landshark. 38 Miller Lite and uh, two water. I think he's going to mix in a water every now and then. That's true. Maybe if it's a hot yeah. day. Maybe two Gatorade, though, I, I would say. Yeah, I would Side agree with drink. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick says, if you guys weren't sports journalists, what other profession do you think you each would have chosen? Go Deeks. Who wants to start? I mean, I, I guess I could start. I mean, I wanted to do something uh, in sports one way or another. I actually didn't totally, uh, you know, what, what Zach had mentioned about you have to love the journalism part. That wasn't really, I was sort of just like, I want to do something in sports. Uh, you know, what's an option? And then fell into it. Um, so I don't know what else there would be uh, in sports. Uh, certainly science was not my thing. Um, so I would have to think, I don't know that I would do like, uh, you know, PR or sports information or any of that stuff. Uh, I do like the behavioral economic stuff that I'm learning about now in a very elementary level, but I feel like if I were uh, 18, 19 and learning about that, um, you know, I, I probably would have been very uh, interested in sort of uh, that field in terms of decision making and judgment under uncertainty, that kind of thing. I would have. Uh been interested in politics. Um, I was a political science major and American history uh, minor. Uh, I was like a fanatic of the show The West Wing, you know, and I I think a lot of people our age when that show was on, uh, the notion of politics really interested them. So, uh, yeah, so I I think uh, politics probably would have been the path I would have chosen. I would have been a a branded social media uh, consultant. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, Lou says, if each of you were given, I, I, you know, I don't really love the tone of this uh, question, but let's uh, let's take it as a hypothetical. If each of you were given free reign at a Target to take whatever you wish, what would you take? I would take. Um, uh, Let's pretend this is like a supermarket sweep. Right. You know, you're yeah. not, uh, not, uh, I'm going yeah. for as many of the Clorox wipes as I can get because we are we are running low and we need those bad boys. I'm a big technology guy, so I, I, I would go to that section and I'd be real interested in like the iPads. Um, but probably I, I would need more chargers. Uh, we we tend to lose chargers pretty quickly. So chargers, but, uh, like Jack coming the most boring yeah. answer like, what, I've ever heard. Fifteen no. iPads. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Uh, I would really go in, 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 in into the iPads, the wearables, uh, the uh, you know the televisions. I, the I would, wearables. I would go Look to, at this guy. Jeez. I would go into that section. Uh, I think I would stock up on toiletries. Uh, you know, some women's deodorant, some Mach three razors. <laughs> Uh, those types of things. And then I, I do like the Target has a nice array of sort of vegetarian grocery options. Some uh, This this brand Gardein is uh, is very nice. Uh, you know, you can make some sort of um, meat substitute dinners with uh, pasta and other stuff that they have. So I would probably go that route. All right. Poor Kent, by the way. I know. We're coming down the home stretch. <laughs> Did anyone tell Kent what we're doing? Yeah, I, I oh, think yeah, I Bo said it's going to be longer okay. than two hours. All right. Yeah, uh, we're coming down the home stretch. Can, Kyle says, "Can we get an oral history of the Shield Bill Polian beef?" Uh, so this happened during my time at ESPN. I think it was 2015. Big event. All the football writers go to Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, you have sort of a summit, and then you do a live mock draft on TV. It's, you know, it's your one time where you're guaranteed to be on uh, ESPN for the year. And Bill Polian, I think was with Todd McShay or sort of the analyst. And so uh, with my pick for the Seahawks, I gave them Texas A&M offensive tackle, Jermaine Fetty. it was at like 31, right? It was at 31. Bill Polian crushed the pick. Uh, the entire Seahawks staff was watching this in their uh in the practice facility and so they were uh taking note of this and so you know i might have uh sent a couple texts you know make me look good and take jermaine effetti uh they end up taking jermaine effetti unbelievable and so uh i look good and uh bill polian does not and by the Uh, way brendan and you you thus ended his career and then you boy did you do it again with the monday night football team (laughs) well yeah well, as someone, what was my thing where, oh yeah, someone said I really had the ultimate Kapadia curse with COVID-19 when I said I really look forward to, you know, putting a little lettuce on March Madness and the NBA playoffs during one of our, uh, one of our DraftKings reads. So uh, yeah, that, that showed you the power that I have. Uh, uh, this is, comes from uh, Seth. Am I pronouncing that, Bo? Oh, you met, you Seif, met sorry. I know. I know I've met him, and then I forgot how to uh, pronounce it. Bo, please name the all-time bubble ball team. All right. So what I did for this is I reached out to the other— uh, uh, Keep it short, great, Bo. Keep it short. I reached out to the other great uh, bubble ball quarterback, Alex Zirkel, uh, who you both know. And uh, we went back and forth, and we drafted uh, our all-time <laughs> rosters. Uh, so this is for uh, four people who are listening. Um, he had the first pick, and he took, uh, he took Jeff Weedmeyer, who you, who you also both met. Um, at the yeah. combine, a very fast, uh, golden retriever-like energy. I mean, it, w- the one thing that this uh, exercise clarified, and every week of bubble ball is, uh, you know, you need speed. And how, like, it's it's so silly that the Eagles neglected speed. You need speed on the outside. 
Uh, All right, let's cut down the so analysis took, a little bit. Uh, we went one, two, 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 two. Uh, he took uh, Jeff. I took uh, Trey and Duran because I needed uh, I needed speed. Uh, he then took uh, Nick Michaels, who was probably the best uh, defensive player I've I've seen on the bubble ball field, and uh, Eugene, who was after my time. I then took uh, I then took Duke, who's the player who's caught the most passes for me. Great connection, uh, could throw it to him blindfolded. And uh, Drew Masiangelo because I needed speed. He took Zach Rowan and Dave Kruger. Kruger, great uh, slot guy, good juke moves. I took Sife. Now Sife would have gone earlier if Zirkel had played with him, but I was able. I, w- I knew that I was going to be able to get him late. And then I take Fran at the end uh, to give me some good X's and O's help. And he took uh, Alex Smith because he wanted a, a good a good uh, locker room guy who could rush the passer. Boy, I would be furious. Fran, loyal listener, I would be furious at that description. You take him at the end, and then you say it's for the X's and O's, that's not, not anything end, about his that's, uh, that's, athletic that's, that's prowess. That's ahead of so many people. Fran was also a very, very good like defensive linebacker, uh, linebacker, got very good hands for a uh, middle of the field on defense. Well, that that seemed like, an, like a Drew Brees-like attempt to uh, save face uh, there well, by you. Really uh, don't, don't worry. I really don't like that <laughs> Don't don't worry don't worry, Fran. I got your back. All right, Kenny D. Kenny D. says, "Do you see current racial issues causing any issues in the locker room, or do you see someone maybe Wentz taking a leadership role and uniting everyone on the same page?" I mean, I just I think that, uh, and this is like us doing a two and a half hour podcast on nonsense. It it, it sort of loses the thread uh, of what's important. But um, like, if 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 there are issues, they. Like someone, they need to be talked about. I don't, I don't know if that's if that's helpful, but um, I don't know. I think I think I think it's it's fair to say that like they they are they are they are trying to have these dialogues uh, in their workplace. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's not a conversation that's uh, that's going away, right. nor should it. And so uh, leadership is important, and then the type of people you have in the locker room is important. The conversations they have is important, but you know, I don't know with the Eagles specifically. That would be total guesswork. But is there are there going to be more storylines about this in the next you know several months? NFL related storylines, uh, I would say yes, most likely. Uh, Jay says. Uh, my Madden franchise recently surprised me by having the Los Angeles Chargers relocate and become the Dublin Shamrocks. Apparently, England doesn't want those guys either. In a post-coronavirus world, do you think the NFL will move to Europe? If so, what franchise to where and how soon? I think if any team were to move, it would be Jacksonville. Uh, but I think that more likely they would expand the amount of games that are there. So basically there's uh, an entire season of games in Europe, but it wouldn't be a designated team. Yeah, I think okay. London Jaguars is a thing that they've been sort of soft selling for a while. Yeah. Okay, Tom says, how has covering the Eagles changed your enjoyment and perspective as a fan? Uh, I think we touched on this earlier. I wouldn't. It, ha- it really hasn't changed my enjoyment i mean it's still a lot of fun it's it's certainly a lot of fun to go to games i think that's why you know we're not the type of sports writers who would go and complain about our jobs or anything i mean when you're being flown to a different city uh on the company dime and you're walking through the parking lots where people are tailgating and uh you know it's a big game uh those things are still really 
a lot of fun. I mean, I even love just, you know, on the sideline at training camp, that type of thing where people are taking days off and going to watch training camp. I mean, I did that as a fan. We drove up to Lehigh and would go and watch training camp. So um, I, I would say from an enjoyment perspective, it, it really, you know, I, I still enjoy it a lot. It, the perspective changes, the experience changes. As I said, you lose the fanaticism. But I, I, I think the interest in football and the interest in, in what's happening in the game, I don't think that changes. And I think we've talked about this before. It does, I do feel like it has – like I am, I am not like a, a, a diehard fan of other sports like I, like I used to be growing up, uh, even, even beyond football where I'm not rooting for a team. Even if, even if I – like if, you know, Wake Forest basketball or something like that, I'm just – maybe that's getting older too, but I'm just not as invested as I once was. Skybro says, would really be interested in knowing your favorite children TV show recommendations. Got to plug my daughter's current favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got something to say about this. Uh, Mira Royal Detective repping Jaipur also has Zach named the restaurant where he dined with Shermer. Uh, I got to say, Mira Royal Detective, outstanding uh, show. Takes place in India. Uh, all, you know, all Indian characters, uh, Indian voices, Indian. Uh, I think. I think writers. Like it's and it's just really well done. The music is outstanding. Uh, so that is a huge hit in the Kapadia household. Um, I liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was younger. And uh, really, rest- I wouldn't peg you for yeah. that. I love Teenage. I really like Sports Center too. <laughs> and then. Uh, and, and then outside, the like, restaurant reporters was your favorite show as a four-year-old. <laughs> I love the sports reporters. Actually, in my, in my, in my brothers, um, my brothers gave the speech at my wedding and they referenced my love for the party <laughs> shots. So and the sports reporters. Uh, uh, and uh, fine. I, I will, I will name the restaurant where we're, we're uh, two hours, 21 minutes into a podcast. It's for a great cause. Uh, I was at Barkley prime. Celebrating it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it was uh, a, a celebration of the, you know, kind of the beginning of the season, and Pat Shermer was there as well. Uh, I love Ses- I, Sesame Street's great. Uh, it, it's it, it's uh, there are laugh there are laughs. Uh, there's a lot of good different things that they talk about. It's great. I, we haven't really expanded beyond Sesame Street, but I'm happy to stick with Sesame Street as long as we have to. Mirror Royal Detective, put that next on your uh, list there. All right, Mark, we're, we're getting down to the home stretch here. It's going to be tight. Mark says, if all of the Eagles players participated in a Hugger Game-style competition, who would come out on top? I think we answered this a couple Didn't shows ago. Didn't we answer ago. this? I went yeah. Isaac Sayamalu. Yeah, I think I said... I don't know who I said, but I answered it, so we're moving on. Uh, Man says, you have to add four human beings, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end to the current Eagles roster with the goal of winning a Super Bowl. They cannot have played football past the high school level, and they will be starting. Who are you adding, and at what position? Uh, Usain Bolt is my Uh, wide receiver. LeBron James is your tight end. LeBron James is my tight end, yeah. Uh, Quarterback is tough. Uh, I feel there's got to. Is, is, uh, I think has there not been a baseball player uh, yeah, who's like, been? Well, play? I'm trying to, I think Mike, Mike Joe Mauer played in high school, but I, I'm I'm I think I put him at running back. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so Joe Mauer was a great high school quarterback. Yeah, old okay, uh, he's old yeah. though. Beat up. Oh games. yeah, I, I I would go Russell Westbrook at uh, at running back. Great one. Um. And then I'm going Chris Paul at quarterback. He's so small. Russell- I just think so is is Russell Wilson. 
by the way. So is uh, Kyler Murray. So is Baker yeah, Mayfield. So, is, you know, I just think he he, he has that, that quarterback mentality. Russell Westbrook may be too tall, though, to play mm-hmm. running back, I feel. I might want Russell Westbrook as my, like, uh, dual-threat quarterback. Dual threat. If I could get, okay, I I could like get him in too. his prime, I'm taking Allen Iverson. Yeah. yeah, but you can't. Yeah. It's right now. Yeah. I feel like we're missing an obvious running back option from, like, the NBA. Mm. I don't know. All right. We'll think about it. Uh, good question, though. I wish I would have seen that one beforehand. I would have come up with a better answer. Chris, what changes are you looking for from the new coaches on offense? Uh, I think we've touched on this, but uh, I, I can cover this unless you guys have something other to add. I think I, think I would take Zion could... over LeBron. Ooh, good one. Well, you could keep, you could probably have them both. Yeah, I guess that's Le- right. LeBron could play wide receiver, right? Yeah, but I really want the Usain Bolt speed. Okay. Uh, changes on offense. I think you're going to see you're going to see a lot of the uh, boot action. I think you're going to see them try to get Carson Wentz outside the pocket a lot more. I think you'll see them continue to use a lot of uh, a lot of play action. I really think that's going to be the biggest difference uh, with the offense. As Doug Peterson said, you know they won a Super Bowl with the offense uh, he was running. So uh, you know I don't think it's going to be crazy change from a personnel standpoint. I think you will see more shots downfield. I think you'll see more eleven personnel certainly if these wide receivers emerge. They'll still see a lot of twelve personnel, but not as much as last year. Uh, Charon Preet says, I am an Eagles fan living in Dallas. My wife is a huge Cowboys fan. We have a 20-month-old. How should we handle the Cowboys versus Eagles games? Always root for the home team. He was born in Dallas, so does that mean he's a Cowboys fan? Puke. What if we have two kids? Does one team take one? Uh, So many questions. Do I have to donate for each question? Well, I think these were all along the same uh, along the same lines. That's a tough one. Eagles fan living in Dallas, wife a huge Cowboys fan. I don't know. What do you do there? I think you make them an Eagles fan. I mean, you can't make them be a fan, but don't let don't let them be an Eagles a Cowboys fan. Come on. I, I almost feel like you can expose them to both and let them pick well, yeah. because if you if you push too hard, you know there might be some rebellion and he, and you know. The kid might go the yeah, other I think way. You gotta let it. You gotta let it play out. I mean, if if if, yeah. if you are a big Eagles fan, there's a good chance that they will, uh, that, that he will follow suit. But let it let it be organic. I think that's always best. You can certainly brainwash him, you know, a little bit, like on the when uh, when mom's out of the room, you know, talk about what you really think about Jerry Jones, or you know, pull up those kinds of things as he gets older and steer him in one direction over the other. That that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, all right. Zach, anything there? Or should I move on? Uh, you move on. Finlay says, Pecknest migrate gritty, swoop, and the fanatic. I think this is an easy answer. I think, you, I think you're definitely migrating swoop. Uh, there's, that's the easiest choice. And uh, gritty's fun, but I feel like gritty works because uh, he's, he's a bit of a novelty. So you're pecking gritty, and the fanatic has, has lasted the, the test of time. You, you're nesting that bad boy all day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be the yeah, fanatic like against any mascot. You know, you're you're nesting the fanatic. So I would agree with what you said. All right. Yeah. All right. Sure. I, I agree. I, I would nest the Close fanatic. Close us out, baby. Oh, wow. We've got a nice Indian uh, sports Indian question here to end it. Uh, Sook says, uh, non-football, Sheil, white people are always stunned when I tell them I've only had non at catered events, restaurants, takeout, but never at home. We had roti, paratas, but no naan. Is this the case for you as well? 
And if so, are Bo and Zach surprised? Uh, 100% the case, yes. The the bread products with Indian food, we had puri, we had rotli, we had par- uh, paratas. We never had any naan at home. Now, I, I don't don't even know how available they were at home when I was growing up. Now, you know, you can just get them at Trader Joe's or whatever. Uh, so I would agree with you. It's that and also when like uh, people talk about curry, like curry was never like a word that was mentioned uh, in my house growing up i mean it's it's just you know friends uh parents of like friends oh you know i had some great curry yeah <laughs> you know do you eat curry no like i don't <laughs> so um that I, I would say those are the two things that uh the non-indians get most wrong about the indians not the non-indians uh, not the non-indians uh eating at home i was i don't funny. know that i was actually looking ahead. up a non-recipe the other day thinking that i might make that but uh, what if is there do you have a good recipe idea for me well, I don't dislike naan. Yeah. Like it's 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 like he said. Like when I go to a restaurant, right. I do get naan. I enjoy it. It's very tasty. I would. I here's a little tip: when you get the Indian food, if you order naan, order extra. And the next day, you know what you can do? You can do so many things with that bad boy. You're doing a egg and cheese sandwich. I did it for one of those. You can do a naan pizza if you want. It's a very versatile bread product. So uh, that that would be my one tip. I know that's right. All right, we made it. 77 questions, six minutes to spare. Two and a half hours, basically. All right. We're going to be have some nice donations. That's right. Uh, well, I guess that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for, uh, for donating along. If you've, uh, if you've made it this far, I'm impressed. Um, and uh, just, you know, re-listen to what Shield said in the very beginning, I guess. That's that's sort of how I feel, and, uh, and he speaks for all of us. So um, for Shield and... Zach, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.